Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, everybody. It is Saturday morning, 94 WIP. I'm Glenn Mackin along with Mike Sielski. And we're beginning the show a little bit different than usual. We never start with an interview. But, Mike, we are lucky enough to have with us first thing this morning... All-time great Eagles wide receiver and color man on the broadcast right here on 94 WIP along with Merrill Quick, with Merrill Quick, with Merrill Reese. Mike Quick joins us. Mike, I'm talking fast because I know you have to catch a plane to Detroit, so thus I stumble. Uh, yes, and you're talking to Mike Reese? No, no, no. No, no, no. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Good. Uh, good to talk to you. How are you guys? We're doing great. Doing great, Mike. Let me start with this because it very soon – you are going to get on a plane for Detroit. It is the start of the new season. It's also different because you guys are now traveling and going on the road. And yeah, what? Just kind of give me a little bit of your level of excitement for you starting this new season, given what this team is and given your job. Well, let me first start with this. I realized this morning that um, this two years that we haven't been able to travel, I don't know how to pack and get dressed and travel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running around and I don't even know like what to pack, what to do. So it's it's been a long process, um, but there's a lot of excitement around this team. I think you know with what they were able to do in the off season, um, some of the talent that they were able to acquire, uh, both through free agency and the draft, and and the fact that uh, this is the second year for this coaching staff for most of these players, um, lots of excitement, and, and I do believe that. Uh, like everybody's excited about it when you watch this team, watch them practice, watch them prepare, and, and looking at the acquisitions. I think we're all excited and really anticipating a good season going forward. Mike, I talked to you, I guess, last week or the week before um, yes. for a column I wrote in the Inquirer about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and the possibility that they very well could be the best pair of wide receivers that the Eagles have ever had. And you said that they're as good as any pair in the league right now, and they could be as good as any pair that the Eagles have ever had. What is it about them that compels you to say that? You know, what is what could they be together? Yeah, I just think when I look at the skill set, the body types, uh, they just bring so much to the table that, um, you know, I know Aaron Glenn, the D coordinator in Detroit, he's trying to figure out how to slow these two guys down because of what they've done. Um, you know, one a Heisman Trophy winner, the, the other 
three years in the league, and two of those years he's gone for over a thousand yards receiving. And the the great part about AJ Brown is I think the fun begins when he gets the ball in his hands because he's so big and strong and and hard to bring down. Um, and then Devontae because he's so sleek, he can run right by you. He makes it look easy, and, and that's one of the things that I really like about him. He's he's a a real smart guy, understands route concepts, understands how to get away from people, the leverage, um, catches the ball extremely well in traffic. doesn't matter. You know, you see a guy that's slight and you wonder if he's going to be able to stand up to the punishment, but I can tell you this. He doesn't shy away from anything. I love the way they both play, and I, and I think that they can be a real tough tandem in this league. Well, I uh, personally would uh, always vote for Quick and Carmichael. I know it was a very brief overlap, but if I'm picking the best tandem of wide receivers in Eagles history, you got to beat yeah. that for me. Yeah, I was, I was just excluding that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> goes how, without saying. How humble of you, Michael. Yeah, it goes without saying. Um, I always like to talk to you about defensive backs, who were the guys that yeah. you always ran against. And um, Darius Slay coming off a very good season. They got James Bradbury coming off a down season. Now they had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, don't know if he can be effective quickly, but kind of how do you look at improvement and what this secondary can be versus what it was last year? Yeah, I, I really believe they've upgraded there as well. Uh, getting Bradbury opposite Slay, I, I think that's a really good combination. Uh, and I know, and you, just watching, you don't have to ask anybody, just watching what they've done in the secondary, uh, particularly at the safety position, they've tried out a lot of people. And they're just trying to find the right combination. Marcus Epps has been great throughout the, the summer and preseason. And bringing in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, with his resume and all that. You know what I like most about him? The fire that he brings. He has a lot of energy. Um, yeah, he talks a lot of smack back there. And, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes that, that, that type of um, rhetoric will – Take a wide receiver out of his game. He starts to think about, you know, talking back and forth with, with Gardner Johnson, and, and it sometimes takes you out of your game. The guy is fearless. He's only about five eleven, two ten, somewhere in that range. But when they bring him down in the box, he can play in the box like a linebacker. He's a great cover guy. I really believe that that area has been upgraded, as well as the linebacker position. Did you have any uh, trash talkers you played against that you remember? Yeah, and I loved it because the more smack they talked, the more I wanted to dig down and, <laughs> and rip their heart out. <laughs> Any, anybody in particular? It was that Atlanta bunch. Uh, ah. Bobby Butler, Scott Case, and all those guys. Mm -hmm. back in, yeah, they they always had a lot to say. So when you took that overtime slant pass from <laughs> Jaws and went 99 yards with it, that had to be particularly delicious. Yeah, that was. But I can tell you, there was another one down down in Atlanta, Fulton County Stadium, I think was the name of it. Um, and some, they got a real good hit on Carmichael. And there was a whole lot of talking. And then a couple of plays later, I scored. And I went looking for the guys just so I could slam the ball in their face. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the gracious Mike Quick we have come to know and love over well, the last who knew? quarter century. Well, you, you, you didn't really ask me about the inner workings of the game and how I treated the game. So. <laughs> Mike, I don't know if you've heard in all the discussion around the team, but this is an important year for Jalen Hurts. And <laughs> I'm hadn't heard. Yeah. I, I'm curious, kind of a two part question here. Number one, 
how good do you think he can be this season? And then number two, how good, given how much they've improved, do the Eagles really need him to be to be a factor in the NFC? I love that. How much do they need him to be? Um, I think he is going to be improved quite a bit, and I think we're going to see that. Um, when I when I've watched him practice, um, I just think that I can see the fact that he's making decisions much quicker, uh, and that's really the key. When you can recognize pre-snap what defenses want to do to you, and you have, you have a very good clue as to where you want to go with the football, you make those decisions quickly. Uh, that is really important as a quarterback. I, I, I believe that he's got, he's grown a lot. You know, it's yet to see. We'll find out. You know, tomorrow, just how much he's grown. But I don't think that you want to put it all on him. I think for this team to go into the playoffs and go deep, yes, he has to become a better passer. Um, he has to make those quick decisions and get the ball into the right places. But I don't think you lean so much on him as much as you do perhaps the best offensive line in all of football. And I think it all begins there. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're great there. Mike, I am old enough to remember your disdain for training camp um, yeah. and, and, and preseason games. And this year it was, uh, some would term, Camp Cupcake. Uh, we didn't get to see anybody other than the first series of downs in the first game of preseason. Um, meanwhile, as you know, anybody who saw Hard Knocks knows Detroit took it like it's the Super Bowl. Uh, is it unreasonable for me to be concerned that the Eagles, who started 2-5 and five last year, may take time, a few games, to find their rhythm? I don't think it's unreasonable for any of us to feel that way. And I, So in this league, I don't think you really know who you are until you get to game three, game four, and you really tested your medal against the other teams. Because right now, everybody in this league feels like they've gotten better. Um, yes, I watched Hard Knocks, and, and I see the way they practice, and, yeah, they tackle the, the way that we did back in the day, but who's to say that's the right way? Mm-hmm. I, I, right. Know, I know that, I know that uh, you don't really find out who you are, what you have, until you've gone out and tested and you've played against other teams and you understand where you're strong, understand where you're weak. And right now, every team thinks that they're strong. And until you go out, and prove that until the Eagles go out and beat the Lions, the Lions feel like they're one of the best teams in football right now because of what they're able to do in the offseason. Mike, you mentioned hard knocks. I'm curious what you thought of the Lions. I, I feel like there might be people who have kind of a warped perspective on how good the Lions are because they got an inside look at them through that documentary. What do you think? Um, I mean, Jared Goff is still their quarterback. Dan Campbell's heading into his second year as their head coach. How good are they really, do you think? Well, I think Jared Goff's going to be better. And, and part of that is Ben Johnson, their old coordinator, and the guy who's going to call the plays. I think he's really worked with him. I think he understands Goff a lot better because he's now with him the second year. Um, and the hard knocks thing, it, it shows you what it wants to show you. And it shows you a fiery bunch. It shows you, you know, that they're playing hard. And Dan Campbell, he's really interesting as a head coach. Uh, and it's fun to watch. But I really, more than just being entertainment, that's really what I get out of it. I, I don't look at the football team and say that they're great because of that show. It's entertaining to me. But I still know that 
that team has a long way to go. And right now they're dealing with some issues on their offensive line. And, you know, when your bigs are in flux and you don't know what you have there, um, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And, you know, fortunately for the Eagles, on both sides of the ball, their bigs are in really good shape. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike, I want to transition, and I know you got a plane to catch, and I just want to uh, say that I am delighted that you and Merrill Reese uh, have agreed to be the namesakes for a charity beer that my brewery, Conshohocken Brewing Company, is doing. Merrill and Mike, double IPA, hazy double IPA. Is, is, <laughs> Sounds delicious. It's 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 going to be great. It is being released this Wednesday night. Uh, there's going to be a release party which Mike and Merrill will attend at our place in Bridgeport, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap 3 to Cal Pike in Bridgeport. Um, there's going to be a buffet. There's going to be auction items. Mike is yep. going to auction off what, round of golf with you? Yep, that is correct. Yeah. And, you, you know, you mentioned Merrill and Mike. Then a, a bunch of our friends are going to be out there as well. And as you know, I'm on the board of directors of the first tee of yep. Greater Philadelphia. And so we'll have, you know, several of our board members and, um, a lot of folks there because I, I like what you're doing um, and the fact that all of these kids that we serve in the Philadelphia area can benefit from this. Um, yeah, let let me back it up a second because I didn't really say the money from each sale of the beer goes to First Tea of Greater Philadelphia. And, Mike, what exactly is the mission of that charity? It's, the real mission is to help to build better people. Now, we use golf because a lot of us are involved in golf, and we are all golfers. Um, and we use that as a hook to get kids in so that we can uh, work on them as people, help and teach them to become better people through golf and through the core principles and some of the training that they get in our program. I think it's great. Um, again, you'll be there. Merrill will be there. Um where it will be the release of the beer. You can be the first in your block to get it. Mike Sealski and Zach Berman will be there signing your books, right? Correct. Zach's is Underdogs, about the 2017 Eagles Super Bowl team. Mine is The Rise, all about Great book. the early life of Kobe Bryant. I've read both of those books, and they're both terrific. Bernie Perron is going to come and auction a jersey right off of his back. Ooh. Fran Dunphy <laughs> is going to be there. Fran and Phil Martelli are offering lunch with those two guys, all the oh. old – Big five stories. I, I may bid on that, and I don't need to pay anything to have lunch with those guys. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, and we have a whole lot of other great auction items. Uh, and listen, we at Conchock and Brewery thank you, Mike and Merrill Reese, for being the namesakes, and we're delighted that it's going to help a terrific charity. No, the same. And, and we thank you very much for all that you're doing, Glenn. And um, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Before you go, yes, just want to play one last thing. So what were those Atlanta defensive backs saying at that point? <laughs> That's uh, Bobby Butler, Scott Case. <laughs> and that play-by-play -play guy, he still sounds exactly the same. Still doing it. That's right. Uh, Mike, it's, it's a pleasure. And have a great flight. Have a great game. And I look forward, really, to seeing you on Wednesday evening. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, there Thank you, you Mike. Uh, just to tell people, it is from 6 to 8.30. 
Wednesday evening at the Puddler's Kitchen and Tap. That's one of the Conchock and Brewing Company's fine establishments. That's our restaurant. It's going to be outdoors at the Beer Garden on the Schuylkill. It's going to be indoors. We're going to have an auction right around 7 o'clock with well, you've got the list of items. There's some yeah, good stuff on Yeah, some of the there. items are just amazing. There's a WIP Eagles game day package. Um, there's lunch for two, as you mentioned, with Phil Martelli and Fran Dunphy. Uh, there's an autographed Julius Irving jersey. It's amazing. Here, here's one thing. Ray Dinger is donating the original handwritten notes on yellow legal pads of his draft report for all of the current Eagles. Is I thought they would be in the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Didn't Indiana Jones go looking for them, you know, and fight the Nazis to try to find I, them? I got them from Ray on Wednesday. My wife is out today buying, like, an appropriate thing, binder, something to put them yeah. in. So, you know, gold they're, leaf or something. They're under glass, right? Yes, yes. So we have that and a lot of other things. And and there's going to there's gonna be a Mike Quick jersey that's just going to cost you $1 raffle ticket you can win. So we want to make it that everybody can come and afford it and have a good time and enjoy and get the beer for the first time. The release of the Maryland Mike Beer to benefit Greater Tea of Philadelphia. You know how I feel about Conchac and Brewing Company's product. I think your beers are terrific. Oh, if, if this one is anywhere close to the Mark Zumoff um, mm-hmm. uh, beer, that the IPA yeah. that you guys came out with earlier this year, uh, people are going to really enjoy it. Well, I appreciate that, and we hope to see everybody there this Wednesday. All right, we come back. We're going to really do what is the traditional start of the show, and we'll take your calls, too. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski and Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, it's back to school time, which means it's also time to ride the kids everywhere to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make you, make sure your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. So I think that one was done at a pregame show. It has a real Foggy Mountain breakdown feel yeah. to it. <laughs> I think that's Ike Reese's voice you hear in there a little wow. bit. Wow. Because we play it, you know, we have the pre the uh, pep band at the pregame show every every home game. And Ike sings it very heartily. I, uh, I would love to hear him do, like, Unchained Melody or well, something. <laughs> I don't know about that. And I also always know it's exactly 36 seconds because i got to hit a post, and it's like <laughs> I go to them like, go now, and there you go. Anyway, um, Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack. Now, Eagles season starts tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. It is, what, 26 hours and 37 minutes away. All right, Mike, let's talk about expectations. Okay. Um, because – from last year, when they exceeded expectations, made the playoffs, got blown out by Tampa, they were not of their class. But, man, they've they've done a lot. They have added, and we'll go over them in a minute, quality players at a lot of positions. Really good veterans. I thought they had an excellent draft. They got some young players. A.J. Brown is yeah. fourth season. Right? 24. Yeah. And so – there are people in the fan base. Well, forget the fan base. There are national experts who say the Eagles are a Super Bowl team. I'm going to ask you about that. Well, I'll ask you about that first. Is that fair? I think it is fair. Um, what I've said for the last couple of weeks on this is if the Eagles were to make the Super Bowl, I would not be completely surprised. I'm not necessarily expecting it. I'm not going into the season saying if they don't reach the Super Bowl, it's a lost season. You know, this is not – 
2003-2004 when they had reached that level and were clearly among the best teams in the league and if they didn't make it to the Super Bowl then you know it was disappointment all around um, there's still some excellent teams in the conference as you said the gap between them and the Buccaneers last year was so wide that I wonder if they've ha- you know is it possible to make up that much ground in one offseason you're going to need those teams at the top of the conference to come down a little bit but your point is well taken. They made so many improvements. They have a core group of young players who are good and getting better. Um, this is kind of the perfect kind of season, I think, for Eagles fans. Is not necessarily the highest expectations, but boy, it should be a fun team to watch. It should be a good team, and that's the kind of ride fans want to go on. All right. So, as in in recent weeks. More and more people are talking about the Eagles. Like, they can make the Super Bowl. They're going to win the division. That's not even a question, but they can make the Super Bowl. The expectations are just great and so on. Somebody who really knows this kind of thing issued a bit of a slowdown. Mm-hmm. And this is Jason Kelsey. Expectations are just that. They're nothing. And uh, we got to go out there and play. we got to go out there. And, uh, you know, the moment you're comfortable in this league, uh, somebody's coming for you. You know, we got to... You know, Mr. T and Rocky Three. you know, he's going to be hunting us every single week. And we haven't won nothing yet, so we're not even the champion. So we better work our asses off. All right, you worked Rocky Three into there. I know you admire that. Ah, uh, I think that's great. <laughs> There's some of the best quotes of the entire Rocky series are in Rocky Three. Yeah, it's not the best movie, but it, it, was, it was fun. What, what's it was Jason good. Kelsey's prediction? Pain. Pain. <laughs> um... So he's doing that because he's smart and he's yes. a veteran and, you know, he, he he sees what can happen when a team gets full of them itself. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we like that. Oh, we love that. I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, that's that's why Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey. Uh, he's smart. He's been here a long time. He's been around a while. Um, so, yeah, look, they should – the players and coaches themselves – should be tempering expectations because, for the very reason Jason said, as soon as you kind of get o- out over your skis in terms of thinking how good you are, that's when any opponent in the NFL can step up and bite you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I-, I think tomorrow's game will be a good indication of where they're at on that spectrum. You know, if they come out and lay an egg against the Lions, okay, then, whoa, we better dial it back here um, because something. They should win tomorrow's game, and if, if they don't, and they don't win it handily, I think we've got to reevaluate what we thought of this team. Do you have any concern that nobody played in the preseason and, you know, there's, there's not much to go on here? I have less concern about that, I think, than you do. I think it hampers us in terms of understanding what they're going to do from a schematic or strategic standpoint. It doesn't bother me as much uh, in terms of their performance I don't think they're going to miss tackles tomorrow because they didn't tackle during the preseason very much Um, I think we can get carried away and I actually wrote about this today uh, in a column for the Inquirer we can get carried away because we saw on hard knocks the Lions preparing oh yeah and particularly with the way they were hitting Uh, manly yeah Dan Campbell is hoo-ha and all his way to motivate these players old-fashioned football yeah yeah um, Come on, it was fun. It was. It was It was terrifically fun. It's a great show, but I think it can warp how people view a team like that. I agree. I think there are people in Philadelphia running scared because they did see that, and then all they saw was the Eagles' third stringers getting pushed around. So, yes, I agree with that. That said, 
here's the cautionary tale. And I'm not telling you I believe this. I'm just telling you 5% of me believes this. You remember Dream Team? Oh, yeah. Remember that? That was 2000. What year was that? 2011. 11. Okay. That was 11 years ago. Okay. And they had the greatest offseason in the history of football. <laughs> just ask Howie Roseman. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was pretty proud of himself. That's Back right. Back then he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. And they added, oh, God, jeez. All right, let's see. Give me the names. Namdi Asamoah. Namdi was going to be great. Yeah, remember we had him. Oh, gosh, he came to training camp. It was the same day that the Phillies traded for Hunter Pence. Mm -hmm. And Rob Ellis and I are doing this this show from training camp, and Namdi came on, and we're all getting ready for the Super Bowl. Had had he eaten lunch in his car already (laughs) before he came on with you guys? I actually thought, like, oh, this is a really smart guy. Okay, (laughs) go on. So anyway, so Namdi Asamoah, Jason Babin. Dominique Rogers Cromarty. Yeah, he is okay. Vince Young. Yes. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown. Boy, remember one play with Ronnie Brown against oh, throwing it up in the air. Yeah. yeah. Um an appropriate metaphor for that season. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure there are other guys. Um um the the Colin Jenkins, uh, I was gonna say, and the yeah, he who was actually okay, but was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. Um, and we all thought like, oh, this is it. This is our moment. So I am not telling you that is going to happen because past isn't always prologue. Right. But it's there. I think it's there in this way. I think it would not be surprising, you know, after what I just said about the Eagles and the Lions and how much the first game will tell us something. But I I, I think it is possible that it will take three, four, five weeks for the Eagles to kind of get their sea legs because they made so many changes and so many additions. There is the possibility that, for instance, Jonathan Gannon's got to figure out, okay, who's strongest where doing what? Um, And that may take some time. Um, but that's not necessarily an excuse for why they should or shouldn't be good. They, they have enough talent to be good. You know, I think you just brought up the most important name. It's so funny because we have talked on this station for, you know, 285 consecutive days about <laughs> Jalen Hurts, Willie Woonty, what's it going to yeah. be. As important as he is, and clearly the quarterback of your franchise is singularly important, I think Jonathan Gannon is the guy that we're going to learn the most about. He last year had very little to work with. Mm-hmm. He really did. Yeah. He had no linebackers, and they had one defensive back, and they had a pretty bad pass rush, uh, a very bad pass rush, I thought. And now most of the offseason acquisitions were for him. Yes. A.J. Brown's the offensive guy, but Hassan Reddick is on defense, and uh, Bradbury is on defense, and Chauncey Gardner – I don't, I don't even want to say the Johnson. I just like Chauncey Gardner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for the movie and the book, right? Right. Is on defense. And Kaiser White is on defense. And your two big draft choices are on defense. And so now he has, we think, a lot of talent to work with. What's he going to do? Yeah. What's he going to scheme? How good is he going to be? I, I, I don't know. And, you know, I did, I did a little bit of a dive into the numbers uh, last week. And one of the things I noticed was, you know, everybody talked about how infrequently the Eagles blitzed last season, mm-hmm. right? They blitzed on just 16% of their defensive snaps. Only one team in the whole league, the Raiders, blitzed less than yeah. the Eagles did. Yeah, we, okay? hate, we hated that. Yeah, hated it. They yeah. only had 29 sacks. Yeah. Only one team had fewer this, sacks. This town does not like that. No. Here's an interesting stat, though. They still managed to hurry the quarterback about 11 12% of the time. Okay, now, you can argue how relevant that stat is. Can you see my face right now? Yeah. I, for those who are listening, Glenn is making a— Sour milk face. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, 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 you know what you're doing? You're going launch angle on me. <laughs> you are. You're getting into 
well, well, analytics that really I don't buy. Okay, so, but but here's the point of what I'm saying is mm-hmm. I, I think my guess, and I don't have any inside information on this. You have to turn to guys like Jeff McClain and Jimmy Kemsky for this. But my thinking is part of the reason that they wanted to get Hassan Reddick so badly is that they want the best of both worlds defensively. This is what Gannon and his perfect way of thinking would want. He wants his defensive backs to keep everything in front of them and at the same time generate pressure without having to blitz. That's ideal. So are the defensive backs still going to be playing halfway to center city? <laughs> well, if we see Marcus Epps standing in the Jetro lot, right. we, we're going to know right. what the strategy uh, is. So let's give him a cushion of 10 yards. Yeah. Um, All right. So Gannon is, good, is the guy I really want to see. And real quickly, yeah. I want to get to the phones. 215-592-9494. Um, your colleague Marcus Hayes had an interesting column today where he talked to an NFL coach or assistant coach. I don't know who it was, but I trust Marcus talked to somebody who's pretty sharp. And they said, we'll see. They said, if you look last year, and we all remember this, any quarterback worth his salt just picked apart the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. So does that stop now that Gannon has all that talent to work with? This coach, who Marcus talked to, was very skeptical. We'll see. Yeah. It's the biggest question to me. I think it is, too. Um, Because, as you said, the, the pickings were so slim on that side of the ball for the Eagles last year. There was only so much that any coach could have done with the talent on that side of the ball. That is not an issue now. And that, to me, is really interesting because if the defense doesn't perform well, what do the Eagles do come the end of the season? You know, Jonathan Gannon got a couple of head coaching interviews this past offseason. Um, you know, th- there's a school of thought that says, you know, they have set him up so that if it doesn't go well, Howie Roseman in the front office can say, well, hey, you can't blame us. We drafted and signed and mm-hmm. traded for all these guys to help him out, and he still didn't get it done. Yep. All right, one quick thing, and we'll get to uh, Jerry and Hatborough. Uh, we are giving away today a $25 gift card to Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City Story location or scheibsports.com. And here's the hook. And, uh, man, I did this show probably 25 consecutive years. <laughs> Uh, when I was working full-time, I would do the show. I would do a day of this every year, and I always loved it. I still love it, which is tell me something you love about football. Hmm. It can be at any level. It can be something you love about watching kids play football. I don't want to give away too many things. It can be, you know, you love betting, I don't, whatever. The best one that we get today, as judged by? Our producer? Dan Wilson. All right. Always. You put it on him, then people won't get mad at you. That's right, yeah. yeah that's, that's Not our fault. Radio trick. I'm Blame Dan. Teaching you right here. Uh, the best one wins the $25 gift card to Scheib Sports. You want to go first? Sure. I will give you two. Uh, one at the NFL level and one at a lower level. Um, the first one at the NFL level is something that I think you appreciate and understand, which is that when Eagle season begins, there is something really cool and magical to me about being in the press box for the first couple of times for an Eagles game. It's like the town hall meeting of Philadelphia sports media. Yes, all those clever wags. Well, and it just kind of feels like, oh, okay, we're back in the rhythm of things. You know, people are coming off a of vacation. You're seeing people you haven't seen in a while. I like that. I, I like that sense of, like, Philadelphia is mm-hmm. its own self-contained mm-hmm. entity. The other thing I love, um, and I've loved this for a long time, is high school football on a Friday night. Yeah. When there's a little bit of a chill in the air, you know, middle September, late September, into October, um, the sense of community that comes from that. I came up in sports writing, covering a ton of high school football. 
uh, covering CB West High School back when they were winning the state championship every year, and they'd get 10,000 people uh, at these games on a Friday night. To me, there's nothing better than that. That's good. Uh, I'll give you one. I got a couple, but I'll give you one see what people say. I love the feel in the stadium right before the opening kickoff. Um, I'll say Jake Elliott, right? Mm -hmm. They line up. He's about to approach the ball. The whole crowd rises and gets into it. It was better when you got kickoff returns because yeah. you could anticipate, you know, he's going he's gonna to kick it, everybody's going to run down, and they're going to tackle the guy. Now it's like, oh, it's out of the end zone. All yeah. right, go to commercial, we'll start the game. But I do love the feel in a live stadium right at opening kickoff. So that's one I'll throw in. Again, give us your conversation at the end. Throw in something you love about football. You can win the Shipe Sports gift card. Jerry in Hatboro starts us out. Morning, Jerry. Good morning, Glenn. How are you today? Doing great. Glenn, before I go on my, my rant, I wanted to apply for a job. Do you I, know how um, there's people who can go into a bar and someone will buy them a drink? Bernie Perron. He'll never have to buy a drink his entire life. Correct. A lot of football players. Ray will walk into a bar and he'll never have to buy a beer in his entire life. But he doesn't drink. I'd like to be his designated drinker. <laughs> so the guy says, yeah, I can't. And Ray goes, I don't drink. But that guy over there, he'll, he'll drink it for me, and I'll be appreciative. Jerry, you are missing. Th- this was the key component to me stepping in for Ray on Saturdays, was, was that I was willing to drink on his behalf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jerry, I'll make you a deal. If I see you this Wednesday night, and by the way, I didn't tell people that entry to the event is free. Entry to the event is free. There's a $20 food buffet, but you don't have to get it. But if I see you Wednesday at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap for the charity release for the Maryland Mike beer, I will buy you a beer. Such a deal. There you go. Now, my expectations for the season, what I want and what I expect, and I think it's reasonable, is that I'd like to see the Eagles make the playoffs in one form or another. I think it will be between them and Dallas. I don't. I, as much as I despise, loathe, hate uh, Dallas, I think they have – it's between them and the Eagles – to win the division, everybody else is kind of garbage. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Washington yeah. and the Giants aren't going to win. Now, I, right. and I and I know I have a natural inclination to just put down the Cowboys, but their offensive line is a mess. Yes. I mean, who's their left tackle now? Uh, is it Ron Heller? I no, don't know. It's, <laughs> you're close. <laughs> you're close. It is a washed-up eagle. Yeah. Oh, Jason Peters. Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, and it's not the only position they're messed up there. I don't think their coaching staff is good. No. I, I don't think Dallas is going to make the playoffs this year. I think Dallas is one of those teams that, you know, when they're good, they're really good. And even when they're really good, they're going to burp it up uh, yeah. once the playoffs roll around. And then they have some seasons where you're, you know, you look at them and go, this team should be better than it is. I hope of an 0-16 Dallas <laughs> that, that's what I pray for. Well, there you go. I get up in the morning and I pray to God, let them go 0-16. Well, they play 17 now, but your point's well taken. Okay, J- Jerry, so. tell us something you love about football. I played a lot of football. I played football for about 12, 13 years. And, there's nothing, and I prefer Saturday morning at 1 o'clock. Uh, I love it when it's about 45 degrees and they call it football weather. And the leaves have changed. And it's one of those fall dappled days. Yeah. And it's really the beauty of it, the beauty of those that weather in those days. Uh, You know what? That's a great one to start. I like that very much. I believe that's described as crisp. To me, football weather. The middle of September is the real New Year's Day. 
Like, that's how I feel. Like, school is restarting. Yeah. Football is back. Yeah. That's the renewal to me, more than January 1st or the first day of spring. Oh, I thought you were going to talk. Be ta- I thought you were talking about Rosh Hashanah. Uh, <laughs> Which is the new year. I'm, Thank I'm you. A, I'm a You're welcome Glenn, to the so tribe. <laughs> you, you, you may join the tribe. I'll take you. 215-592-9494. Uh, a lot of good talk about the Eagles, and uh, we are we are eager to hear from you. We will work in the Phillies later. Coming up, by the way, a special feature returns, the stupid football bet. Oh, and it's a good one. You and I have been negotiating during the week. We, we think have. we have this thing down. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. We will announce it coming up, and we'll talk to you. 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Short punt. Up high is muffed. Rager could not haul it in. Bucks think they have it. And they do. Well, the wind is swirling up top, and you just have to believe that it impacted this because Rager just he's not able to get in position to be able to make a play. Uh, I can't hear any more of that. <laughs> Bad memories, man. Bad uh, memories. He's gone and so are his bad punt returns and presumably things will be better with the Eagles with I have no idea who's returning punts tomorrow but we will find out when we find out but you my friend wrote a column this week which inspired me to bring back the stupid football bet and let me just say this first there's certain things that I did with Ray that were kind of joint intellectual property that I thought okay Ray's leaving I'm not going to do the you know um, the long form interviews right. right the tell us your story like that we did that together and I kind of thought like ah eh, maybe this is the same thing I did an event this past Wednesday with Ray and somebody asked are you guys going to be doing that and I said well Ray left and Ray said oh no you should do it with Mike so we are doing the stupid football bet and it the genesis is a column you wrote this week discussing the Eagles and punt returns. And your argument is what? First of all, I, I want to say how flattered I am that when asked about stupidity, you immediately thought of me. <laughs> Ray thought of you. No, that was Ray. Okay. Shout out to Ray. Um, yeah, so I, I wrote a column the other day uh, that, and, and this is something that, that columnists and writers do from time to time. If you're writing an opinion, you want to kind of push the envelope a little bit just to make people think. So I threw it out there that maybe the Eagles should go without a punt returner. The logic being, number one, that there's a certain percentage of punts that get muffed anyway. Like something like 6-7% of all punts get muffed. So if you're sending somebody out there who's inexperienced or hasn't done much of it or is a young player, you know, presumably those odds go up. Maybe it's 8 9 10% chance that the Eagles are going to muff a punt and turn the ball over. And the other thing is, is that unless you have a Brian Westbrook, a Darren Sproles, mm-hmm. a Deshaun Jackson, you're going to have to waste a roster spot, not waste, but use a roster spot on a guy who's a marginal player otherwise, who's only there to return punts. And that doesn't seem to me to be efficient, productive. Um, and then the final thing is you're taking a risk that you don't need to take necessarily. The other team is just giving you the ball back. They're giving up. They're saying, you stopped us on offense. Here's the ball. Just take it. You know, now I know yeah. there's a risk that the ball is going to hit the ground and roll 15, 20 yards. We've seen that, right? Yeah, we've seen that, sure. But the upshot, the, the, the other side of that argument is, well, there's no chance you're not going to get the ball back. 
You're not going to fumble it. You're not going to muff it. At the one. Maybe. Or maybe it rolls out of bounds. I think this is inane. Uh, I understand that the Eagles have been bad at this. I also understand that return is the return game is not what it used to be in the NFL. Kickoff returns are rare and few and far between. Punt returns, teams cover it so well. More often than not, it's a fair catch. You don't see long punt returns. And, yes, there is a downside to it. It was named Jalen Rager. It doesn't mean that anybody you put back there is going to be bad at it. In terms of wasting a roster spot, I'm sure that there are half a dozen qualified players on this team who could do it. The biggest fear they have is like, oh, we might get hurt doing it. I have less fear about that. So, this inspires the stupid football pass. Yes, it does. And let's see if I have this right. You're betting, it's essentially every year, somebody's got to be the, the good guy, somebody's got to be the bad guy. Thanks for stepping in and being the bad guy. Okay? I'm here for you. You're rooting, you're, you're rooting against the Eagles' interests on this particular thing. Listen, I'm not Ray, so I'm already the bad guy. I okay. get it. <laughs> All right. Although he took that side a few times. I know. So here it is. You have the number of fumbled and muffed returns. Yes. Plus, punt returns for losses. Correct. Plus, kickoff returns that don't make it to the 20-yard line. Right. Right? So, Some basically, guy, anytime the Eagles do something really bad in the return game, you get a that's point. good for me. That's a point. That's yes. good for you. Yes, that's a point. I get punt returns of 20 yards or more, plus kickoff returns that go beyond the 40-yard line. Right. You know what? You're going to win. That's Ooh. why I made this bet. Yeah, this leans this skews a little your if way. You, if you want, you can count the uh, if there's a kickoff that goes out of bounds that the Eagles would get the ball at the forty. All right, good. We yeah, can count those right. two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I'll get two of those. And yeah. that, that could help. All right. It might be a little challenging to monitor this during the year, but we're both at the games and keeping yep. tallies. And one thing is the Twitter verse is great at reminding oh, us of yeah. this. The bet between Ray and I last year was how many punts Aaron Sippus would have within the 20-yard line. <laughs> I had the positive, Ray had the negative. Anytime he did it or got close, 45 people on Twitter oh, let oh, us know. Look, I have people so on Twitter will. who still bring up columns I wrote in 2015. Right. So people are good, good, and people love the stupid football bet. Here's the stakes. Loser, that would be you, has to buy dinner. Are you talking about the bet or just as a general matter? Just as the bet. <laughs> just the bet. Loser has to buy dinner at a yet-to-be-determined fine Philadelphia restaurant. Okay. We've always we, we've gone to great places mm-hmm. over the years. Loser buys dinner for the winner and producer Dan Wilson. Yeah. And a producer to be named later, which is basically going to be, we have kind of rotating producers, whoever other than Dan produces us. The most between now and the end of the football season. So, so Dan is We're, basically going to commandeer the show so that he doesn't have to share dinner. Yeah, he can bring a date else. if yeah. that's the case. <laughs> um, we're having some shifting responsibilities among producers, so we're not quite sure mm-hmm. who's going to be doing our show. Dan, does this sound like a fine bet to you? I'm all in. Yeah. And now, my only concern is last year I would always cut the sound of the punts inside the 20. This yeah. is going to be harder to like cut sound for. No, not really. It's, you, you, you cut sound. It's more of things a guy. to monitor while I'm here on game day. Well, we don't want to put you out. Yeah, Dan. really. <laughs> no, no, I'm all Sorry in for this. <laughs> if it's too much for you to cut sound of a fumbled punt return, 
I'm sure we could find someone no, else it, to go with us. <laughs> I'm all in on this. It's more so like, all right, that punt was inside the 40 or it got to the 40. Who does that go for? It's gonna well, be, last year yeah. it was like easier to monitor. It's yeah. going to be some of the most exciting sound ever. Oh, yeah. And the punt hits the turf and it's rolling. We had some rolling. great calls last year. Merrill and the punts at the 15. That's a right. point for Glenn. There you go. That's right. There you go. And Merrill became aware of it at a certain point. I'm he started rooting for it. There, were, there was a point where it got really close and I could uh, hear I in Merrill's it. voice. It's at the... 19-yard line. Good job, Ray Dittinger. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the bet. That's the stupid football bet. Uh, we agree on the terms. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to post it now just to make it official. Okay. Nothing's Great. official till it's on Twitter. This is true. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know. Dinner will be fun. No, I think this is this is great. It 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 was fun to go back and forth this week and try to you know work out the details of this. And uh, I th- I think it's a cool thing to kind of talk about just in general. I like stuff like this where you know there's an issue that kind of pushes the boundary of what we're supposed to think about sports. <laughs> right. And one of the purposes of the stupid football bet, by definition of its name, is that it's well this this one actually is a little more impactful than usual. It's supposed to be something that's not like we're not betting on. Jalen Hurts touchdowns. Right. We're betting on something that's kind of inane and almost irrelevant. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Let's talk to the mouse. There it is. The mouse gets bulky. Mike and Sewell is with us. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great show. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Hey, Mike. I just finished The Rise. Fantastic book. Loved it. Oh, thank Um, you so much. uh, You're welcome. And uh, I want to talk about Jonathan Gannon, and I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think, Ray, I think uh, Glenn, he's, he's the guy we have to watch. And I really, I honestly think we will know uh, whether or not he's got any kind of a scheme within the first two or three games. Uh, I'll, I think we'll have a good read on which direction the defense is going to go after those couple of games. Yeah, my usual uh, my usual way of doing it is get to the quarter pole, which now there isn't a quarter pole. Yeah. <laughs> Fifth game, yeah. first quarter. Uh, I usually – I mean, I'm not that far from you, but to me, like, what do you do the first four games? And that's kind of when I think I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's keep our fingers crossed that he's going to uh, – He's going to have something going on. He, I mean, we're, you're right. He's got the talent this year. There's no excuses. Yeah, um, I, I so. would say this, Mike. I, I think the player, and I'm not breaking any news by saying this, um, I think the player you need to keep an eye on is Hassan Reddick. Um, yeah. In, in, yeah. In practice, at least the practices that we've seen, there have been a number of occasions where he's been dropping back in coverage, too. Uh, now, he right. did play a little inside linebacker, you know, when he first came into the NFL with the Cardinals. But – he, to me, is kind of going to be the, the telltale sign of how the defense operates under Gannon this year. If, he's, if Gannon is able to take him and maximize what he can do getting to the quarterback, because as my friend Zach Berman from The Athletics says, if Hassan Reddick is dropping back into coverage, that's, that's a win for the offense mm-hmm. anytime that yeah. happens. So yeah. he's yeah. the guy to me you got to watch to see what Gannon's doing and doing right. I agree. I think, you know, and I think he's got the potential to step up and be the leader uh, on defense, um, you know, um, when I say the leader, like a Malcolm Jenkins type of a guy, you know, in terms of his ability to take control of the defense and be the captain. Um, I have a football memory that, uh, listen, I always tie football to food. I am Italian. So um, my big football memory is starting game one of every season, uh, you know, my dad and I would get ready to watch the game, and my mom would make her homemade meatballs without the gravy. I'm from South Philly, so I say gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, she make it with. She make a whole bowl of meatballs for me and my dad to snack on. 
So we're not eating chips during the game. I understand. We're eating meat. We're eating meatballs all during the game. So that's my one of my favorite memories. That's one of the what's okay. Uh, and it's not just memories, but it's something you love about football and you love your family tradition, and I think that's a good one. That's so a nice one. Just very I, quickly, yeah. Um growing up an Eagles fan, mm-hmm. um, my mom and dad would have a, a running joke. When the Eagles reached the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty one, they had everyone they knew over to the house for a Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. To this day, the people who were there say it was the worst party that they've ever been to because the Eagles lost the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the running joke in our house became that anytime the Eagles got off to a good start or maybe were making a playoff run, that my mom, and this is to, to Mike's anecdote as well, that my mom was rolling meatballs for the Super Bowl party. That was the, the terminology, the <laughs> phrase in our house. Uh-huh. Mom's rolling meatballs. Donovan converted on 4th and 26. You know, here here we go. And uh, finally in 2018, you know, somebody got to eat the meatballs. Oh, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. Okay. 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack. Now, a lot to discuss today. We certainly want to hear from you. And when you do, give us your best sports memory. And you can – that's not your best sports memory. Now I'm listening to him. The thing you love about football, and you can win the $25 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. Before we go, just want to say, we talked a little bit, and we'll talk more about the uh, event that I have on Wednesday night uh, that you are coming to, the big charity mm-hmm. release of the Maryland Mike Double IPA, which is going to be at the Puddler's uh, Kitchen and Tap by Conchhock and Brewing in Bridgeport. And there's two auction items that uh, I'm involved with, with my two partners. Yeah, so one of the things that are going to be that's going to be auctioned off that night is dinner for two uh, with Glenn and me at a restaurant you might have heard of, Ralph's Italian Restaurant. Love it. In South Philadelphia. Love Ralph's. So I haven't been in a while. Oh, I'm eagerly looking it. forward to that. Here's the news. It's exactly the same oh, as it always was. That's all I need to hear. Which is great. That's mm-hmm. all I need to hear. Mm-hmm. So so we're looking forward to that. Very and much. the other one is uh, an evening of beers with Joni Mack and me. Boy, there's a stretch. Wow. At uh, any of our Conchock and Brewing locations. All right. Let's come back and uh, get your calls. 215-592-9494. Hey, fall is upon us. It's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. When I need a company to help me with these home projects, simple. I turn to the best. The experts. The great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now. You receive 20% off all windows and doors, plus Guida will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket. Take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level of your home and lower monthly energy bills while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. you got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Mike Sielski, Glenn Macnow, on a Saturday morning, soon to be the afternoon, one day before the start of the Eagles season. Do you happen to see any of Thursday night's game between uh, the Bills I, and the I Rams? I did. I was thinking of your dad. Marv Macnow must have been over the moon. Thank you for saying. My dad was delighted. <laughs> and he My sh- dad went to bed happy that and night. And he should be, mm-hmm. because if you watch that game, boy, Josh Allen 
was not the same quarterback that he was. I mean, he certainly wasn't anyway, but to watch him throw the ball with such timing Mm -hmm. and such precision and get rid of it so quickly was so far removed from who he had been two or three years ago. Yeah, he's fully he's he's fully developed. He is. And man, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, they're good. I just again, I don't want to get into the weeds on that one, but like fourth quarter, they're up by 20 and he's running the ball. Like what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I would have gotten him out of there, but whatever. Yeah, that was it was pretty good and the season has started. It's very exciting. Uh Eagles start tomorrow, which is very very exciting. By the way, coming up on this show before we get out of here, we have a great uh, Shive Sports This Week in Philadelphia History. We're really not going back too far, but it's going to be something that I know you're going to enjoy. And what we're watching at 1125, mm-hmm. I am going to recommend to you, Mike Sealski, a terrific, compelling, knuckle-squeezing drama cool. that I have started watching ah. that I'm going to recommend to everybody. All right, so I want to talk a little bit this segment of looking over the full spectrum of players that the Eagles have acquired in the offseason. Because as we were talking with Mike Quick at the start of the show, they are there's no position this year where you th- where they're worse. Right. And it's pretty much every position group where you think they could be better. Yeah, they they took care to kind of eliminate their soft targets. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. I mean, obviously, that goes without saying. It's right. it's a good thing. Let's start on the offense, where there aren't as many improvements, but the one they got on draft night, which seems to be a brilliant move by Howie Roseman, is they added a quality wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Go ahead. Give me your assessment of what that's going to mean. My, my assessment is that he has the chance to be just terrific um, for this team. You watch If you got the chance to watch practice – you saw how physically dominant he could be. You know, Mike mentioned it earlier in the show that the fun starts once he gets the ball in his hands and his ability to just kind of stiff arm and schluff off tacklers and and create yards after the catch. Um, And the way he complements and contrasts Devontae Smith on the other side, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's like Rocky's line, you know, about Adrian. You know, I've got gaps, he's got gaps, together we fill gaps. Smith and Brown many, do that. How many Rocky quotes are you plan to use? Today? I, like I, the over under is like twenty seven. <laughs> okay, I think. Um, you're certainly in a zone with that, <laughs> aren't you? Um, but I, I just think that if Hertz can get him the ball uh, in space, or even you don't have to get him the ball in space, throw it up and let him go get it. Allow him to make contested catches. Uh, you're talking about a guy who in Tennessee played with Ryan Tannehill, who's okay mm-hmm. uh, in a rushing was, offense. Yeah, and in a rush oriented offense. So. The Eagles want to throw the ball. Um, again, we've talked about Hurts ad nauseum, but, man, A.J. Brown has the potential to be really, really good. Right. Hurts has everything he needs to succeed. He has a great offensive line in front of him. He has a running game that works. Whether or not there are any stars on the running game, it works. Mm-hmm. And now he has three really first-rate targets in Brown, Smith, and and Goddard. Yes. Right? Three yeah. guys you can rely on who are going to be good, who are going to be open. They also added depth to the wide receiver. I like Zach Pascal. I, I do, too. I think that's an underrated kind of move mm-hmm. where you just get a third guy who gets open and catches the ball when it's thrown to him. That's it. Like, that's all you need out of that position. And we haven't even mentioned Quez Watkins, who can stretch the field, too. So, um, as you said, Glenn, it's all right there for Jalen Hurts to be able to be the quarterback, the best, the very best version of Jalen Hurts that he can be. Okay. So – 
one acquisition, well, more than one, but one major acquisition on offense, which is a big deal, really going to help them. Defense is where they did a lot more. Hassan Reddick is probably the headliner among this group. Uh, comes in as a double-digit sack guy. You wrote a column this week. It rests on him. Yeah, I think he's, as I said earlier to uh, one of the callers, he, to me, is kind of like the weather vane of the defense. If, if he's not being productive, chances are this defense isn't going to be as good as we all think it could be. And all those questions about Jonathan Gannon are going to get answered in a way that nobody affiliated with the Eagles wants them answered. Um, he can rush the passer. He's versatile enough that he can drop back into coverage if Gannon wants him to do that. Again, I would, if I were Jonathan Gannon, I would try to minimize that because um, Hassan is such an elite pass rusher. Um, but he's the wrecking ball. He's the guy who, mm-hmm. you know, the opposing offensive coordinator is going to say, where is that guy on the field and do we have him blocked? Got to use him right. Yeah. Got to use him right. Okay. I love that. Uh, and I love that they got, they haven't had a double-digit sackmeister since. Good question. Jason Babin? Connor, no. <laughs> <laughs> Second time we've mentioned Jason Babin. And Connor just, Barwin, you're Connor right. Connor Barwin. Yeah. That's, that is, who, by the way, I predict next general manager of the Eagles. Really? Yeah, he's working for the organization he now. He's there. He's a really smart guy, yeah. very respected. Uh, it's just that nobody has said that, but just – not that how he's going anywhere right, or needs to go anywhere. Just if I was a betting man and there were futures on such things, Connor Barwin is my next general manager. Well, it's interesting only because Howie Roseman is my age. We're both 47. So if he wants to stay with the Eagles, he's not necessarily going anywhere. No, I agree. I, I, I know. I just threw that out there. All right, Kaiser White gives you a linebacker. A linebacker. <sighs> now, is he going to be or – oh, God, I forgot the name. The linebacker who came in last year – uh, from uh, and just was a disaster. Oh, I'm drawing a blank too. Um, what was his name? The guy <laughs> they, they cut, cut him, him by midseason. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, Kaiser White's not going to be him. No, I don't think he's going to be him. He was uh, the leading tackler for the Chargers last season. Uh, you know, had two interceptions, uh, forced a couple fumbles. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good, solid player. To me, stuff like this is interesting. This is part of the reason the NFL is so interesting is that you can make quality signings. They kind of go under the radar, and it's like, wow, they, they got that guy? He's mm-hmm. he's pretty good, and nobody's talking about it. And I think Kaiser White can be that kind of, of player. And as you said, Glenn, uh, all of a sudden linebacker, which traditionally has been a position where with the Eagles you kind of go, well, they don't think it matters that much, and you know, you're know you worried about um, – you know, this guy or that guy who can't cover and can't make tackles, you know, they're pretty solid there, it seems like, right now. Okay. I hope so. And I know the position's not important. Secondary, James Bradbury comes in at cornerback to be opposite Slay. This is also one that worries me a little bit, only that he's coming off a bad year. He's a good player with a good history. Yes, he played for the Giants last year, as Mike Quick pointed out. We need a – we, they need a bounce-back year from him. Yeah, they do. And they've done this – They've employed this kind of approach in the last couple of years where they sign a cornerback during training camp uh, and just kind of plug and play. They did that last year with Steven Nelson. They're doing it now with Bradbury. I think I think Bradbury is a better corner than Steven Nelson was. Um, again, so much of this is going to come down to, you know, what is he asked to do? If he's, if he's playing seven yards off the line of scrimmage and not jamming the receiver at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. um, he's going to allow some completions. Is that just because Jan- Jonathan Gannon is content to al- have him allow those completions as long as they don't get a 
you know, the other team doesn't get a first down. All right, and they get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson right at the end, uh, right before the season. We'll see how that plays out. I think he can be he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a big mouth. Yes. Which will be <laughs> in, very interesting to watch. Eagle fans will probably love the guy. Yeah. Uh, and you draft Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. That's a good team. That is. Jor- Jordan Davis is the one player, that the new-to-the-NFL guy who I think everybody wants to see. It's just so it's so striking to see him on the field and how big he is compared to the other linemen around him. And it was hard not to watch the action that he got in the preseason and go, ooh, wow. If he can do that in the regular season. I mean, he was – Within a snap or two in that first preseason game that he appeared in, the New York Jets had to double team him, um, or he was going to get their running backs and their quarterbacks killed. Mm-hmm. So yep. that that's that's going to be fun to see. It's all going to be a lot of fun. Let's get John in Maniunk. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, John. Glenn, how's it going? Good, sir. I think I might stop out Wednesday night. You know, love to see you. Place. Thank you. Yeah, I like the hazy IPAs. But a uh, uh, quick thing on the uh, Eagles. I think. Uh, on the defensive line this year, I think that uh, having Jordan Davis and Milton Williams with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox will give those guys a nice spread of rest so they might be able to produce better. What do you think? They got depth. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing they have going into the season is they have multiple guys at each position. Defensive line is probably the place of anywhere on the football field where you rotate guys mm-hmm. and – Part of me wonders, I don't want to say worries, Fletcher Cox isn't the player he used to be. Is he going to be as good or better as last year, or is he on the decline? Hargrave was not great last year. Uh, there's some question marks there, but again, I like the depth. Mike? Yeah, and I think you're right about the question marks, uh, but I do give the Eagles credit for kind of shoring up the re- the interior of that line. Milton Williams was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. You draft Jordan Davis. We've already talked about him. Love him. You can rotate those guys. So if Hargrave or Cox needs a rest, get him off the field, get him back on the field. Um, we haven't mentioned Brandon Graham, who is not going to be counted on to be an 8-10 to 10 sack guy, but even coming off an Achilles injury, which is not as, you know, those injuries aren't as debilitating as they used to be. Players can come back from mm-hmm. them now, and he's been in great shape throughout camp. Um, you get him in there kind of like the Chris Long kind of role from a few years ago, just go after the quarterback, still a solid player to set the edge. Um, that's all you can ask for is depth and being able to rotate those guys, as you said, Glenn, and uh, come after the, the opposing quarterback in waves. John, give us a uh, something you'd love about football. Well, one is uh, the goal line stand. Yeah. It's like usually at the end zone. Yeah. And the one, uh, it wasn't a goal line stand at the end zone when the Eagles stopped the Cowboys like two or three times in a row. They stop them again. <laughs> it was one of Merrill's yeah. greatest moments. That Evan was Merrill's Smith. greatest. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. That's a really good one. The goal line stand, the defensive stand on fourth and one. There, there was the one that happened in the early 90s back when you know Reggie White and Jerome Brown were the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I remember that game. The Joe Bugle game where yeah. they had three shots from the one, couldn't get in. Had, the Eagles committed a penalty, a penalty yeah, yeah. and then the Cardinals had another four shots and still couldn't get in. And they ran the same stupid play every time. Yeah. It, it was great for the Eagles. <laughs> Joe Buick and everyone like, yeah, I'll mix in a pass or a rollout <laughs> or something. <laughs> Nothing. He just kept going with the same thing. But I do. I love that. It's fourth and one. Yeah. Big moment on the line, right? And in my mind, it's NFL films, right? You see the, the knuckles getting set on the ground and smoke coming out. The, the most, Love it. The most underrated big play in Eagles history is that fourth down stand 
against Atlanta in the divisional round game yes. where they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, where, where Jalen Mills denies Julio Jones. Mm, thank you. Julio might have caught that one. Yeah. It's, there are certain days Julio would have caught that. Oh, I still can't get over the fact the Falcons called that play. Like, I know. The entire stadium knew what they were going to do. It was great. It was great. Yeah. All right, Mitch. Hey, Mitch, how you feeling, pal? Oh, good, 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 good. I had to, I had a procedure done at the U of P, and everything's looking in the right direction. So nice. I'm happy. I, I you know, I root for you, and um, yeah, everything's, I'm, everything's good. Go I'm glad you're staying in touch. By the way, I'm going to be with uh, your sister and uh, brother-in-law tonight. There you go. There you I go. Spoke to her yesterday. Good. Hi, Mike. Great, Mitch. Never good to hear you. from you. Pleasure. Yes. I'm. I want a defense this year. That I want sacks. I want interceptions. I want a more aggressive. I'm more worried about the defense than anything. It's just I share that. Well, I don't know, know about worried. I, I wouldn't say I'm worried about anything, but yes, I have more questions about yeah. how Jonathan Gannon will use all these new players in what we hope yeah. is an aggressive way that forces turnovers and creates sacks. Yeah, because, yeah, I agree. You know, you want. I know the first few games it's going to be a little, you know, getting the rust off and everything, but I want big plays. I want to hear, you know. Names called on the on the defense that it was a sack and it was a hurry, you know, and blitzing and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I had breakfast with a friend this morning. He's like eleven wins. I mean, I might see nine wins this year with the Eagles, but you know, that's it. Wow, nine, maybe hey, Mitch, ten. But you I know, want you to listen to me right now, Mitch. Yep. Okay, all right. Where are you now? You at the hardware store? Or you at home? Yeah, I'm back in. I'm back in action. Yeah. Good. Okay, you're at the hardware store. I want you yeah. to just uh, be ready to hear what I'm going to say. Okay. Yes. Yes. They're going to win twelve games. There you go. Oh, I have one thing about game day, and I'm rarely home, but you go out and get, you know, it's a little cold out. You go out and get the Sunday paper. You bring it back in. You turn the TV on. You see the pregame stuff, and you look through the, the paper. and the Yeah, sports. the prep. Yeah. I lo- I, you know what? I, I love that, and thanks. I host the pregame show mm-hmm. here now, so I don't get to do what I used to do. But I used to do that, right? You bring in the Sunday paper, right? And it's got all the all the all the stuff, and then you turn on the show starting at ten and eleven and mm-hmm. so on. I used to love that. On behalf of everyone who works at the Philadelphia Inquirer, <laughs> thank you for using two of the best words in the English language: Sunday paper. Yeah. Oh, I I still ah oh, love it, love I, it. I still love the Sunday paper. I still get the Sunday paper. I will subscribe to the Inquirer for as long as I work this earth. On behalf of my wife, Kate, and my sons, Evan yeah, and Dave, thank I you know. so much. I mean, I'm an alum, so you know, yeah. I feel that loyalty. I, I used to read the Sunday paper. There were these guys in there, Jason Stark, yeah. uh, Morgani, yeah. Catali, Lion, Macnow? Yeah, yeah. Macnow, was oh, that Oh, yeah, I did the takeouts, man. It was oh. fun. It was good. 215-592-9494. Coming up, what we're watching. It's a good one this week. You're going to want to hear it. Hey, it's back to school time. That means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere, to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make your car, make sure your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. All right. What we're watching is sponsored by Got a Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down, up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Got a Door and Window today at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. Mike, I have found the next, I don't want to call it great yet, but really 
good, compelling drama. Cool. It cool. Is, I'm it, still trucking through Ozark. We, my wife and I have been way too delinquent about watching that show and keeping up, and we've we've got to finish. What it. what year are you on? Oh, we're only we're still at the, barely at the end of season one. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah, we got a long way to go. All right. Well, so. if you find time within mm-hmm. that schedule <laughs> to watch something else, okay. I am today recommending a show called The Patient, which is on Hulu. So Hulu's got to deal with FX, so I think it's going to soon be on FX, but Hulu is where it is streaming now. Actually, it's not streaming, but I'll get to that in a moment. It stars Steve Carell. Ooh, I'm who, in. Who I have to tell you is an excellent actor. Underrated for how good he is, Jermatt. If you haven't seen it already, see Foxcatcher, the movie Foxcatcher, yeah, for his performance. I couldn't get past his nose on that. Oh, I, so I, good I, I know, I know. He had the prosthetic big nose, and I couldn't. I was like, what is that? Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, in this in this show called The Patient, he plays a, a psychotherapist, and he's that calm, bearded, stereotype. He's not Dr. Melfi, okay? <laughs> and he's got a patient who has a big secret, seems to have a big secret that he can't talk about. Um, the guy, uh, he's probably uh, like between 25 and 30, and he wears sunglasses to therapy, and he won't open up. And Carell tells the young man, look, therapy doesn't seem to be working for you, so what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. The young man, well, he kidnaps the shrink. Oh, my gosh. And he chains him up in the basement of his house in the woods. Whoa. And he says, you have to cure me now. <laughs> and that's the setup of the patient. It's, as I said, on Hulu. Um, um, so he's got him chained to a bed. And, oh, by the way, the young man admits that he's a ser- serial killer. Oh. And if Carell doesn't help him quickly, he's got the itch to kill again. I, I, I'm i in. And part of the reason I'm in is that I will watch anything fictional, non-fictional, documentary, movie, limited series that deals with a serial killer. Um, I'm yeah, in. they're usually pretty good. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> okay. It's a bit, you know, what? It's, it's a bit, do you ever see, uh, read the Stephen King book, Misery, or see the movie? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, James Conn and Kathy Bates. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of that premise where, like, you're chained up here until you do something. And that, James kind of had to write a book or bring back a character. Yeah. And this, he has to, he has to uh, heal him. The acting is great. It's basically just the two actors. Mm-hmm. There's occasionally other people in it, but it's Carell in a non-comedic role. Um, he's got a bit of edginess to him. Mm-hmm. And the patient, played by a guy named Donal Gleason, who I've never seen before, He's mostly a stage actor. I looked him up, and he's done a lot of stage work. Mm-hmm. He is entirely calm all the time oh. until he scares the hell out of oh. you. He's that guy. That's yeah, great. It gets a big endorsement for me. It is produced, by the way, by the people behind The Americans, one of my favorite shows over the last decade. If you appreciated The Americans, you should try out The Patient. Here's the only downside to it, and this really annoys me. The episodes are too short. The first three episodes were all like 21, 22 minutes. So just when you feel it gets rolling, it's over. Mm. I mean, it's shorter than a half-hour sitcom. Wow. But but does that like kind of propel you to watch the next episode and it the next does. episode? It does. However, when I said it was streaming, that really wasn't true because they're dropping one a week. So you oh. have to wait another seven days for oh, the next wow. episode. Oh. If you're now, there are three episodes that have been released. The next one comes out tomorrow. They drop every Sunday. My advice is, there's ten episodes. There's going to be ten episodes total. 
let four or five drop and then start watching it so you don't have to do what I do, which is you feel like you get like one spoonful of a great meal and then yeah. you got to wait you know, another <laughs> week for the next meal. It's 10 short episodes. In my mind, they would have been smarter kind of dropping them or squeezing them into four or five mm-hmm. longer episodes. Right. I'm sure they had the reasons for doing this. But at, actually, you know, with the NFL season starting, you're going to want a quick watch outside of football, and this fits it very well. Um, and by the way, I've recommended a lot of shows on Hulu recently, and not everybody gets Hulu. You have to subscribe mm-hmm. to it. So here's my advice, and this is for you because you don't get it now, right? No. Okay. And when you finish Ozark, for God's sakes. <laughs> hey, man, I got stuff going on. I got gonna, little kids. Yeah, so you're going to start on The Fugitive? Like, you know. <laughs> Up next, Jurassic Park. Yeah, really. Okay. Um, Hulu's got special deals, and I know you can, mm-hmm. I don't know what they are, but you can get a month for free or right. a month for six bucks. Get Hulu, watch The Bear, watch Only Murders in the Building, watch Dope Sick, watch this show, The Patient, and then if you like, just get out of it and drop it, mm-hmm. but you will definitely get your money's worth. The Patient gets uh, eight out of ten for me, or wow. an A minus. Okay, and I recommend it highly. That's that's interesting. It's funny you mentioned the the Hulu subscription because I just saw a commercial. We were talking about this before the show that um, Hulu is is coming out with or is already out with uh, a series based on a really popular book that came out last year. The book is called Fleischman in Trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very funny book, very insightful kind of novel about the world in which we live nowadays. And Hulu's going to have a series uh, about that, based on that, with Jesse Eisenberg in the lead oh, yeah. role. So that piqued my interest, and now that you're well, recommending you The Patient, I may just have All to right. sign up. And those other shows. So you cannot go wrong with that. The Patient on Hulu. Big, big up, thumbs up from me. Mark in Hamilton wants to talk about the Eagles' defense. What are you thinking, Mark? Mark? Yes, son. How you doing, sir? Hey. Uh, so uh, my, my biggest thing is I'm worried about the linebacking play. Um, even though we haven't covered on the quarterback with the cornerbacks, the underneath is what bothers me. So even though the pass rush is better, it's underneath where the NFL is going today. And I was wondering what you think about that. Well, I think – Mark, that the the linebackers should be better than they've been. Um, You know, one of the big kind of talking points slash realities of training camp has been the improvement that T.J. Edwards has made at linebacker. He was an okay player for the Eagles last year. By all indications, he's improved quite a bit heading into this season, as Glenn and I mentioned earlier. You know, Kazir White comes in. Presumably, N'Kobe Dean is going to be part of that mix. Uh, he's been solid, if kind of you know unspectacular in camp and in the preseason, but they should be better there. Um, is it the greatest group of linebackers in Eagles history? Is it the best group of linebackers in the NFL? No, but it's it's also a position that's traditionally not been one of the strongest for this team, and it should be better than it has been in the past. Yeah, because I, I, they have a number one, uh, one of the number one uh, tight ends from in Detroit coming in this week. I mean, coming in, going there this week. And my, that's one of the concerns me. Even though they run the wide receivers deep, here here we go with the 5-10-yard. T.J. Uh, Hawkinson drop. is their tight end, right? Yes. Yeah, I feel like I've owned him in fantasy football every single year. <laughs> and, he, and he always yeah. disappoints me. So don't worry yeah. about it, Mark. It'll be fine. Who, what is your uh, the thing you love about football? Football, to me, uh, Glenn, is life. I mean, think about this. It embellishes everything that you want to feed into your kids or put into your kids. And into your into your life today. That's why we still talk about it on this. And you still talk about it on this radio station, 
is because it, it's it's everything life embellishes. That was very the anguish. It's very philosophical. Yeah. yeah. Wow. As deep. Good stuff, Mark. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Mark. I, I wasn't expecting that. No. Can I've, I tell you something I love about football? Go. And I know this. I don't know that anybody else that thinks about this. One of the things I love about football is there are players of every shape and size on the field at the same time. Mm. So you can have Jordan Mailata, who is what six foot eight, three hundred and sixty pounds, and at the same time you can have Boston Scott, mm-hmm. who's five foot seven. Yeah. You have skinny guys, and you have fat guys, and you have fast guys, and slow guys, and they all have their role. But they're all on the field at the same time. And I just – I don't know if that sounds weird, but it's one of the things I love about football is just the variety of players that you get. You you just reminded me of something that I love tied to what you just said, which is that, generally speaking, the biggest, meanest, toughest guys on the field, the offensive linemen, mm-hmm. are also the smartest. True. Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, Trey Thomas, John Runyon – Brandon Brooks. Yep. They are the guys who, if you want to understand what's going on with the team, you go to them. Every reporter learns that early. Yep. If you're covering football, head for the offensive line. And, and I love that. You know, yeah. here's here's 6'6", 350 pounds, breaking down everything that's happening Runyon on the field. was great. Yeah. Yeah. And and as were a lot of those guys you mentioned. Andy in Huntington Valley is with us. Hello, Andy. Hey, Glenn. Long time. How are you? Nice to hear from you. Yeah. So I am totally optimistic about the season. Um cautiously optimistic because I want to see how they get out of the gate and hopefully don't get ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be great. I think, uh, you know, they're, if, if, if they play up their capabilities and if Hurts, you know, comes out of the gate and is a little bit better than last year, I think it's going to be a great season. I think we have good reason to be optimistic. What is, it that, couple, what is it that has you most optimistic, Andy? I like the fact that Howie actually went out and put weapons on the field to help him out. Um, that they improved on the defense. Um, I really hope that Jonathan Gannon improves his scheme because that zone crap has got to go. Um, <laughs> that that's that's just you know if you're given the tools, you know how to use the tools, and you're going to have to find a new mechanic, right? Yeah. So I, I just hope he he changes his scheme because I think that cost them a lot last year. I mean, it was horrible watching them play so far off uh, wideouts and you know giving up big yardage. Um, I, I, I really think. Okay, it's good. It's good. What else yeah. you got? I got two shows for you. Ooh, what do you got? Um, if you haven't seen it on Showtime, City on a Hill. I have seen it. I have not seen the newest season, um, but Kevin Bacon is terrific in that show. There's a, there's a new season streaming right now, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and Corbin Berenson is now the new kind of guest star ah, and bad guy, wow. and uh, it's it's very good. And the other show you really got to catch on Netflix is a show which is right up your alley, Glenn. It's called Somebody Feed Phil. Oh, um, I've seen Somebody Feeds Phil. I've seen Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it too. Probably a dozen to fifteen of those where he travels around the mm-hmm. world and eats food. And you're right Andy, it is right up my alley. And you know that he was the guy who was the head writer and the inspiration for Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And is married Absolutely. to the woman who was his wife. Uh, yeah, Andy, a Delaware County native. Good by the stuff. Way. Is that right? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Delco, get, man. Yeah, let me get the her name. Ever t- you telling my Corbin Burnson story? I, I would love to hear your Corbin Burnson. So, I was a huge LA Law fan. All right. In the 80s. So, so, and you remember, he was in Major League. Yeah. And in Major League, he plays the third baseman, uh, Dorn, mm-hmm. who, like, 
doesn't care and doesn't try and doesn't dive and so on. Right. So Ray Didinger and I wrote The Ultimate Book of Sports Movies together. And Ray wrote a chapter on actors who were particularly bad at portraying athletes. Mm -hmm. I wrote one on actors who were particularly good at portraying athletes, and he wrote the flip side of it. And in that, bo in that chapter, he puts Corbin Burnson saying, I can't remember the quote, but just ripping him for his performance in that movie. Wow. Killing him. Shredding See, him. See, I've seen much worse than Burnson. I'm well, not saying Burnson was good. He didn't good. have him at the top of the list, but he had him on the list. Wow. Corbin Burnson is in an airport, and he sees our book in an airport, and he picks it up and goes like, oh, I wonder. And he goes to the index, and he sees like, oh, I'm in this book, right? So he turns to the page, and he sees just he's getting <laughs> shredded, and he's insulted. Ray, of course, has no social media presence. Right. He doesn't know who wrote it. The book is by, you know, Ray Dinger and Glenn Mack now. But he finds me oh my gosh. on social media, and he says, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. He <laughs> says, I will challenge you to a throwing contest, and we were going to do it. We were actually going to go to a Phillies game wow. and um, see who could throw the ball further. And he was in town one time, and but we never got that together. But he actually he ended up, like, finding humor. In interesting tidbit about Corbin Burnson. Mm-hmm. He played. Ray, he, Ray always got me in trouble. He guest hosted when L.A. Law and Major League were kind of going on at the same time. Yeah. He was a guest host on Saturday Night Live. Really? And there's a famous skit from that episode in which, which is, it's George Will's sports machine. Remember the George Michael sports machine? That was Okay. They, they show all the highlights. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did a parody of it with George Will right. with hosting the, With the glasses exactly. and the bow tie. Dana Carvey is George Hill, and oh. Corbin Burnson plays... Mike Schmidt in the skit. Really? Yes. Yes. I think you can I still find, find that, that skit online somewhere. We will go back and find um, it. And just a, a, one last thing. Um, uh -huh. Phil Rosenthal's wife, Monica Horan, from yeah. Darby, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, there you go. Nice. Yeah. And she was great on that show. She played Robert's fiance slash wife. She was hilarious. Right. And, and the way she got the job is they were trying to cast it. And they like couldn't come up with anybody, and she says, "I know what you're looking for. You're yeah. looking for me." Yep. And she ended up doing the job. Yeah, awesome show. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, fall is upon us. It's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. When I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the experts, the great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now and receive 20% off all windows and doors. Plus, Guided will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So, you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level in your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you got to act fast. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one 877 go or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A. Dominguez kicks the 2-2 pitch. Oh, breaking ball. <laughs> Strike three called, and Walker can't believe it. Moscoso with a late call, and he rings up Christian Walker on a pitch that Walker thought was off the plate away. And he's still standing at the plate arguing with the home plate umpire. All right, well, we don't care about him, but we care about Sir Anthony and that strikeout. And Sir Anthony Dominguez is coming back tomorrow for the Phillies. We are delighted to be joined by our friend Dr. David Gelt 
Cooper Bone and Joint. We always enjoy talking to Dr. Gal. How are you today, Doc? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? We are doing just fine. Doctor, Sir Anthony Dominguez is apparently throwing, according to Rob Thompson, 98, 100 miles an hour on the radar gun, did a workout yesterday at Lehigh Valley. Um, is this full bore based on, you know, getting over the tendonitis in his triceps? Um, should there be any hesitation on the Phillies part now? Like, where where do things stand and what can we expect from him uh, as he kind of works his way back into the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, it all sounds good, good news. They're just throwing that out of velocity without any issues. So hopefully, uh, you know, the tendonitis has settled down. He's not having any irritation with, with throwing, and we can keep moving forward and hopefully get him back on the mound for, you know, closure. And how does that same kind of principle, if you want to call it that, apply to Zach Wheeler and Zach Eflin? Is there is there a book that a team follows, or does it completely depend on – you know, is every injury different, I guess, is what I'm asking. You know, again, they're being eased back into uh, into shape. Eflin threw a couple of innings at Lehigh Valley. Um, sure. Kind of how, do, how does a team negotiate and manage that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, each injury is uh, individualized. Uh, depends on, you know, what, where it is and what kind of injury, obviously. But with, with tendonitis or inflammation, you know, it's a uh, you know, wait and see. And, you know, uh, sometimes you, you move up a little bit, see how you do. You can push it and see if you – if he's responding well, if he's not, then you hold back a little bit. That's what we did with Zach Wheeler uh, for a couple more uh, game days. Um, so if he moves forward and he's not having any pain, you keep moving up, uh, advance with you know, pitching and uh, start pushing him with throwing, uh, you know, doing long toss and then getting on the mound and doing that without any issues, and we can keep going. And hopefully if it stays settled down and there's no irritation, um, then you can keep playing. So can you guarantee us that David Robertson won't be the closer, Doc? Because that's kind of what I'm looking for here. Let's let's hope so. I, I hope not, oh. but we'll see. I feel bad. I mean, you know, it, it's he's kind he's of shot, well. but well, yeah. yeah I, he, I, he's I, like the anti-Nick Foles. He's been terrible right. in Philadelphia and great everywhere else. That's he's true. like bizarro yeah. Nick Foles. Yeah, that's yeah. really true. Doc, yeah. the good news yeah. is football season is starting. The Eagles are all healthy. So, you know, I love chatting with you when we don't yeah. have a lot of injuries to talk about it. It's always a good thing, obviously. Always a good thing. Yeah, so our theme today is tell us something you love about football. You're always good at this kind of thing. Well, there's uh, you know, a lot. Obviously, you know, Sundays, uh, hanging out with people. Uh, nowadays, with COVID sort of settling down, you can hang out and enjoy the game, have some uh, some beverages and some, uh, some some food. And then um, you also have to now put into fantasy football, too. That's starting up, too. Nobody mentioned that. You're no. the first one. How many leagues you in, Doc? I am in three. One's a family league, so that yeah. doesn't count. But uh, yeah, it's, that's that's my limit. I can't go more than that. There too much. Go. All right, Doctor David Gell, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank All you right, so guys. much. Have a good one. All right, I'm in two fantasy Thanks, leagues. Uh, I'm in a a family fantasy league, and I'm in I'm in a theater fantasy league. Ooh. But the yeah, please, with the with the people, the Swarthmore Players with, Club. I'll tell with the, yeah. with the first pick. Uh, I take to Tom Cruise. I take Tom Cruise yeah. <laughs> in Ma- in Top Gun yeah, Maverick. Unfortunately, my quarterback the other night was Matt Stafford. So that's oh, uh, that's, uh, yeah. I waited to draft a quarterback. Oh. They always say like, if you don't get one of the top three quarterbacks, just wait. Mm. And so I did, and then all of a sudden it's like well, they're all gone. Wow! So I took Matt Stafford who had a good year last year, but certainly not a good Thursday. Not, not night. a fan of the no look pass, huh? Oof, Jesus. Okay, let us go. This fellow knows he says he knows you well, so I'm just going to introduce him as Mark, and uh, you can say who he is here, Mike. Uh, Mark, how are you? I'm good, Mike. It's Mark Umbrell. Yeah, it's it's great to hear from you. So for our listening, <laughs> our listening audience here. Um, 
Mark's son, Colby, Colby Umbrell, um, was a terrific high school football player back in the late 1990s at Central Bucks East High School in Doylestown. And Colby went on and um, was a student and an alumnus of Johns Hopkins um, and became an Army Ranger. And uh, Colby uh, was uh, killed in action, uh, killed by an IED in Iraq back in 2007. Um, and I actually wrote a book about Colby and um, uh, another young man from Doylestown who, who served his country named Brian Buckley. And uh, I got to know Mark really, really well and his, his lovely wife, Nancy, during the course of, of writing and researching that book. So that is the prelude to, to kind of let everybody know who Mark is and uh, why I have such affection for him. Very nice. So, Mark, what's on your mind today? Well, a couple things. I loved your opening about uh, things that get you excited and Friday night uh, football and Friday night lights. And, Mike, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, CB East had their first night game last night. Yes. At, at Colby Umbrella Field, and it was awesome. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Central, back when Colby played at Central Bucks East, they did not have a football field or stadium, let alone one with lights. And now they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a field. It now has lights as of this year, and it is named for Colby. And that's just a, a marvelous, marvelous thing. It, it was that was great. So, and and most importantly, we're uh, excited about the Eagles season, and I, I think they're going to be doing great because you know I think their team is much improved over last year, and you know particularly the defense and the the wide receiver department and. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, the sky's the limit. It is pretty exciting. We were not this <laughs> excited last year, right? We had a new coach in Nick Foles. He had, Absolutely. you know, pretty much a new starting quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And so you would think everybody was excited, but people were not up. They were excited for it to start, but not optimistic. No, and I think a lot of that was the lack of knowledge that people had about Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. and Jalen Hurts. You know, did you they say a new coach in Nick Foles? I did say that. Did you? I didn't, I didn't pick up a new up coach in Nick Sirianni. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we didn't know what to expect from either of those guys. And now we have a better sense of who Sirianni is as a person and a coach. We have a better sense, though an incomplete sense, I would say, of Jalen Hurts uh, as a quarterback. And as I said earlier in the show, I think this is kind of, in a way, kind of the perfect – lead into a season for the Eagles. The expectations aren't so high that if they don't make the Super Bowl, people are going to be crushed, but they still should be really good. And I know Mark's family uh, hates the New York Giants, so uh, I, I know he's been, they've been reveling in the fact that the Giants have been lousy for a few years. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to be. Mark, it is a pleasure to hear from you, and, yeah. and I know I speak for everybody uh, to thank you and your family for the sacrifice that your son made. Uh, well, we appreciate that very much. So. So I uh, hope everyone's doing well. All right. Enjoy Thank the season. Mark. All right. Be well. That was very nice for him to check in. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Just an incredible family. Yeah. Um, okay. So coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, we have our Shy Vintage Sports Philadelphia, this week in Philadelphia Sports History, which I promise you is a great one that will bring a smile to everybody's face. And does does not go back all that far. We got to get the Phillies into the conversation. We man. do. You know, they, they they tried to drive us crazy for a while there, and now they're they're back and playing well again. They are. Listen, they're playing. They're beating bad teams, but those games count as wins. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about that, and I also want to talk about these rule changes that they made in baseball. Voted on yesterday. We had a caller earlier who hung up. Would love to hear from him on that. We'll we'll get into all that. Just one more time, I want to plug the event that's going on this Wednesday night. Uh, it is the kickoff launch of Merrill and Mike Hay- Philadelphia special. 
Hazy IPA. I just like the way it sounds. Oh. Uh, it is the new beer put out by, by the brewery that I'm involved with, Conchhocken Brewing Company. We have the kickoff launch party for that on Wednesday. Understand, this is a charity beer. Proceeds for this are going to Greater Tea, I'm sorry, to, to First Tea of Greater Philadelphia, which is a charity that makes golf accessible uh, to kids who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to play golf. Uh, so that's really worthwhile. The party is Wednesday at our place, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, 3 to Calp Street in Bridgeport, uh, 6 to 8.30. Merrill and Mike will be there. Bernie Perron will be there. Mike Sealski will be there, for God's sakes. Hey, if that, if that doesn't book. draw you, I don't know what else I that can do. That Kobe book was a great book. Thanks. Uh, Zach Berman's going to join you for the book signing. I think Fran Dunphy's going to be there. Fran's auctioning off lunch with he and Phil Martelli. Uh, we have a, a really fun and affordable buffet for everybody. And, of course, the beer, Merrill and Mike IPA. So we hope to see. But and the way, no entry fee. Entry is free. You can just get in. The public is invited. Everybody is invited. Pick yourself. Be the first on your black to, block to have a four-pack of this beer. I'm in. There you go. Okay. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. 12 o'clock in the Delaware Valley along with Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now. Season kicks off tomorrow, man. It's Christmas Eve, baby. It really is. Oh, it's 24, 25 hours away right now. I just got uh, emailed my outline for the pregame show tomorrow. I'm going right from here in the studio yeah. to Philadelphia International Oh, you're going straight to the airport? Yeah, to fly to Detroit. So, uh, What's yeah. the last time you covered a game on the road? I did, did oh, you a didn't last couple year? last year, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, da- I did Dallas, um, Vegas, and, oh gosh, um, what was the other one? I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank. But I do like going one. on the road. You like covering games on the road. I do. But um, we were talking about this earlier. That now I look at it much more as a business trip. Where you know when I first started doing it, it was like, oh, I get to go to San Diego or mm-hmm. L.A. or Seattle or whatever. And now it's like, oh, okay, Detroit's cool because it's an hour and a half flight, right. and I'll get a nice meal, and I'll cover the game, and then I'll get an hour right. and a half flight back. Yeah, you're not thinking, like, I'll go to San Diego, and I'll go to the beach, nope. and so on. Like, so you're working, and you're, you know, exactly. you're right, find exactly. a good restaurant. Darn right. Do the guys still, when I, God, it was a long time ago when I did this, but I, when I wrote for the Inquirer, I would go sometimes on those trips, and the writers, the broadcasters, always kind of get together and find a good restaurant. That was one of the things, it's like, you always find a great restaurant in, in whatever city you went to. Yeah, I mean, we don't have the you got uh, dinner plans with the other guys. <laughs> we don't have the gals. expense budget that you guys had back then, unfortunately. Um, oh yeah, we did it. We were shameless. Yeah, um, like yes, Al- we'll take the other bottle of wine. You know, the, the Philadelphia Inquirer paying Al Morgani to cover the America's Cup I is know. something I will never get over <laughs> for like twenty five days. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, amazing in Australia. Oh you yeah, know, Mark Bowden going to write about the African rhino or yes, something. Yes, I know it was um, great. Those were good days. Yeah. Uh, living high on the hog. But, uh, no, Jeff McClain, my colleague and friend, and I will get together tonight for dinner. Our other colleagues, uh, E.J. Smith and Josh Tolentino, have other plans tonight. They're meeting family and friends. But okay. Jeff and I will get a nice dinner. All right, nice, very nice. All right, it is time for our uh, This Week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or scheibsports.com, and I'm not going too far back. This is September 10th, same day as today, just five years ago. We were three minutes and 31 seconds into the 2017 season when this play occurred. 
Darren Sproles in the backfield, third down at 12. Wentz, can't find anyone, spins away, under pressure, still on his feet. Now he fires downfield, and it's caught by Nelson Aguilar for an Eagles touchdown. 58 yards. Do you remember that? It was Eagles at Washington. I was the crowd there. is loud. I was there for that game, covering that game. I remember that play vividly um, because it was, as you said, like three minutes in. It was the third play of the game. It was of the drive. Yeah, and and it was everything that the Eagles and their fans hoped Carson Wentz would be in one play. Third and twelve. He he sheds a, a pass rusher. He's rolling to his left. He lofts the ball 45 yards downfield. And of all people, Nelson Aguilar mm-hmm. makes a terrific catch and takes the ball into the end zone sheds, for a touchdown. Sheds a tackler. Yeah, and, and you can make an argument, boom, that's when you should have known that that season was going to be special right there. And the amazing – I mean, just here on that, the amazing thing is none of the – all those guys, like, passed through. Yes, Darren Sproles in the backfield. Well, and, you know, he got older Ended up and getting retired, hurt, yeah. Right, and he, got, he did get hurt that year. And Wentz, who was everything that year. And Aguilar, who finally had that year. And it was Doug Peterson coaching against? Who was coaching for Washington? Jay Gruden. Oh, yes, gosh. Right? And the Eagles kicker that day was Caleb Sturgis, who ended up getting hurt, which opens the door for Jake Elliott, mm-hmm. who then kicks that huge field goal against the Giants two weeks later. And Jake Elliott was going to be a temp. Yep. Caleb Sturgis was going to come back. Jake Elliott's still here. It's amazing. It's Um, amazing. Uh, You think about all the players on that team who, as you said, passed through, but were incredibly great that year. Yes. This is the point I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. But go go ahead. You're you're in that zone. So you're talking about guys like Patrick Robinson, who, you know, is going to be their slot cornerback and ends up getting four interceptions during the regular season, I think, and then, of course, has the game-changing play in the NFC Championship game. That play against the Vikings is one of my all-time favorite plays. Uh, um, You know, guys like LeGarrette Blunt Mm -hmm. and Timmy Jernigan and Torrey Smith and Chris Long, guys who were just here for a year or two. Chris Long, who was toward the end of his career and came in here and just was so important that season. And all of those guys. And... It really is one of the things that has to happen, and we hope can happen this year, which is either young guys kind of coming in full, Mm -hmm. right, which you got that year. Yeah, Corey Clement, for instance. Yes, or kind of veteran pickup guys giving you everything they got. Yeah. You you need Bradbury this year to be that version of that, Mm -hmm. right, of Patrick Robinson. Yeah, and and it's interesting, too, I think – the most direct parallel between that season and this one that, that we can make right now, because obviously they haven't started this season yet, is that the formula to build those teams is was very similar. The reason that Howie Roseman could add all of those players heading into the 2017 season was because Carson Wentz was on his rookie contract and they had just signed Nick Foles and he didn't cost that much under the cap that season. And so they had the cap space to be able to add all of these veteran guys on short-term contracts. And, of course, Wentz plays great until he gets hurt, and Foles plays incredibly well in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and you win a Super Bowl. And now, this year, you have Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. Gardner Minshew doesn't cost you a lot of money either. 
And so Howie Roseman is able to go out and trade for A.J. Brown and sign Hassan Reddick and add these veteran pieces, and you can only hope, if you're an Eagles fan, that it leads to something similar in the result. Right, right. I look at that season, and it, it was only five years ago. Yeah. Does it seem longer, or does it... I, I, it doesn't seem longer to me, and I think I think one of the reasons for that is the the weirdness of the okay. pandemic. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think you put so. everything on hold in your mind. Yeah, yeah. The and stuff in the middle doesn't count. It's uh, it's not that it doesn't count. It's it's almost like that that period. It feels like it. Do- I guess maybe it does. It feels like it doesn't count. It's like it was so it weird real. and strange yeah. that um, if it had been just if life had been normal and stable, it would have felt farther away. I hear that. Life was an asterisk season. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was. It really was. Here's the um, the other thing about it that, that is amazing to me is it was only five years ago, and, and every year it's a different team, and every year is a different chapter. There are only eight players on that roster who are still here. Mm-hmm. See how many you can name. Mike All right. Sealski. Okay, let me try. All right, eight players. So Jake Elliott. Yes. Jason Kelsey. Yes. Lane Johnson. Yes. Um, Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let me think. Who else? Um, other players. Gosh. Um, the other. Well, the other. One, Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett, of course. Had the one play. Yeah. That's well, his two, career. Two. I, I mean, he he recovers the fumble in the Super Bowl. He forces the fumble. I think. In the championship game. Yeah, okay. Um, so, had a, had a couple moments. Isaac Samalu. Oh, yeah. Mostly offensive linemen. Yeah. And Rick Lovato. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the long snapper. The long so – they've had two long snappers over the last 20 years, it seems. Ah, oh, John Dorenbos and Rick Lovato. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's a good one, yeah. I wouldn't I, – poor Rick, I, I apologize to him. I, I, he wouldn't have leapt to mind immediately. No, he's the one I think it's tough to get. But – so, I have this um, – beer mug at home a beer glass mm-hmm. right a tall 16 ounce glass and it's 4133 it's got the eagles logo and it's got the roster right three mm-hmm. three rows with all of the numbers and all of the players and i i use that glass a lot <laughs> i do i like beer and i like that glass so i use it a lot and every time i do i look at it and i just think like oh yeah tory smith man you know mm-hmm. he Mostly, I think he was getting pass interference penalties on the defense that year. He was—he really helped, right? Yeah. And yeah. all all of these names that you look at, and they're all—they're all gone. Brandon Brooks was one of my favorite guys. I did a oh, show with cool. him he one was year. Great to cover. Such a smart guy. Yep. You talk about offensive linemen mm-hmm. being the guys. I mean, he you know read books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> the line in Bull Durham? He reads books, and they don't have pictures. <laughs> right. And he was that, and we would talk about, you know, what are you reading these days? Yeah. And what a great guy. But it's just, it's so, it's like holding water, trying to hold water in your hand, which is it just, it disappears. And that team, which was only five years ago, and we will celebrate forever. Mm-hmm. And all of those guys, you know, forever will be uh, immortal within Philadelphia. But it's just... Then it, and then it's and it's then it's gone. gone. Poof, yeah, I'll, t- it's gone. I'll tell you a quick story um, about that Super Bowl. So, um, I'm I'm in the press box at US Bank Stadium with you know 25 of my Inquirer colleagues right. at the time. We're all tr- trying to figure out what to write, and uh, I'm going to write Alshon Jeffrey because he has this spectacular touchdown catch mm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. He had guaranteed the Eagles were going to win. 
So as long as the Eagles win, he's going to be my column. And then Brady hits Rob Gronkowski, yeah. and the Patriots take the lead the with what's right. seven. When they took the lead, I just everybody was like, oh, no. Yeah, seven yeah. or eight minutes to go. Yeah. And so I'm dying a thousand deaths, not because I necessarily <laughs> care whether the Eagles win. I just need a column That's now. Every journalist's dilemma, which is, you're right. Yeah, so the this final. going to work out for me. Exactly. The final six or seven minutes play out. Zach Ertz catches the touchdown pass. Brandon Graham forces the fumble. I'm able to salvage my column. I file it five minutes after the game ends, which was my deadline. And I, and I take my phone, and I walk to the back of the press box, and I call my parents' home phone number, and I get my dad on the phone. And I said, Dad, I got to head downstairs in a minute to go interview these players and write my follow columns, but I just wanted to say, hey, can you believe they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. And I could tell he was a little bit emotional. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was a little bit emotional because he had been a fan his whole life. He had had friends who had passed away who didn't get to see this. And I just needed that moment to be kind of an Eagles fan for half a second once yep. more yep. and then go back to doing my job. That's a great story. Thanks. It's a great story. And, and, you know, the whole thing that I think some people knew going in but really was panned out going out, which is how it is all generational. Yeah. Right? It's you, you became a fan because your dad w- it was his fan or your mom was a fan, and it goes down and you pass it on to your kids and so on. And, and that win was 50, how many years in the making? Whatever. 50, 57. 57 I guess. years in the making, yeah. right? And all of these people waited all of their lives for this. Your dad. Mm-hmm. And it was, or, it's great know, that you got to savor that just for a moment. Right. Or, you know, anybody who was watching NBC Sports Philadelphia that night and saw. David Dittinger be able to celebrate it with Ray. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ray, who kept telling me he wasn't a fan, and then he's crying like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, he's also a liar. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but it was. It was that kind of moment for, for Eagles fans everywhere. And I hope we all get to experience it again this year. Although there's – again, I am, I am, I'm here. I cover the Eagles. I host a pregame show. I root for the Eagles. Dad, and my dad's probably out there listening. Mm-hmm. My dad is a nonagenarian. Hmm. My dad is a has been waiting for the Buffalo Bills yeah. to win since 1965. Actually, that would be the same gap of years that the Eagles had when they won it. Dad, you got a good shot this year. The Bills may do it for you this he, year. You dad. know what though? He, 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 he I hope he, every year he goes. There's in a with part hope. of me that hopes they do because Buffalo fans oh, are very cool. similar to Philadelphia fans in that they pull for their team so hard for the Bills and the Sabres and you know the Sabres have never won a Stanley Cup the Bills have never won a Super Bowl and that fan base just like Philadelphia's I feel like is always keeping one eye to the sky for the <laughs> anvil or the safe that's going to fall on their yeah, heads yeah uh, it's true but they keep coming back yeah all right. yeah anyway all right 215-592-9494 by the way you've eaten sushi once in your life yes Yes, just once. Although I'm willing to give it we, another try. We, just to digress, we were talking about food during the last break, uh, and uh, the fact that your son it now his favorite food is escargot. Which how old is he? Eight. <laughs> That's great. It's amazing. Can't my, get him to eat a grilled cheese sandwich, but he'll eat escargot like he's going to win a prize for eating escargot. That's so funny. My grandson, who's the same age, they just were in Iceland, and he writes me a postcard that says like, "Pops." I ate foie gras, and I loved it. <laughs> so, like, they'll eat uh, the, anything. Yeah. But you, yes, a grown man yes, who's been to hundreds of restaurants, mm-hmm. 
You've eaten sushi once in your How is that possible? I tried it once. I mean, I don't love sushi, but I like, not too, sushi's there. I I have it. You eat it. It's part of the world. Not not too long out of college, I tried it. I didn't care for it. And I just said, you Did know you what? Did you get I'm, it at a gas station or no, something? No, no. I had it in New York and I just didn't it didn't sit well with me. Um and I'm not somebody who is picky about my meals. I love food of all kinds of from all kinds of places and you know, I love Indian food, I love Japanese food and uh, Middle Eastern food, all of it. Um, but sushi, I just haven't gotten around to trying again. But I will. Okay. Yeah. No yeah. rush. No, nah, we'll, we'll, you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself, I will have some sushi and I will get back to you with my evaluation. Uh, okay, I look forward to that. 215-592-9494. Come up. Let's talk some Phillies, man. We haven't gotten Who? into it. Yeah, and they're, you know, listen, they're doing well. Playoff fever is back. Maybe not in the stadium, but we, we're feeling it a little bit. And I want to talk about those changes in baseball rules. Uh, and we would love to talk to you. 215-592-9494. With Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, it's back to school time, and that also means that it's time to drive the kids everywhere. To and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make sure your car is in tip top shape for your kiddos now through september 30th united tire is offering a rebate of up to 150 dollars on select goodyear tires stop by your local united tire today and take advantage of these a plus deals while they last don't drive alone drive united on lifted right center field towards the gap palacios back to the warning track it's gone jt real muto a solo shot and it's a 4-2 ball game and it's JT's 16th. That voice, by the way, is Pat McCarthy. Yeah. Son of Tom McCarthy, who's filling in this week as Scott Fransky does TV because Tom McCarthy is doing NFL. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is JT Romuto hits a home run yesterday. And Mike, for a guy who was having a down season early on, Real Muto's really played well over the last, what, 40, 50 games. You know, it was such a storyline early in the season that he wasn't hitting and what was going on with him. And then there was that, and I think Dan, our producer, mentioned this uh, before the show, there was that moment in Toronto where there was the big the, the controversy about him not being vaccinated. Right, he couldn't go. Yeah, and ever since then, he has been just terrific. It, you know, I mean, he's... His OPS is now well over 800, or at least a little bit over 800. Mm -hmm. 16 home runs, 73 RBIs, hitting 273. Still a terrific defensive catcher. Give me those stolen base and caught stealing. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't have that in front of me. I'll give it to you. Go. He has stolen 17 bases. He's been caught stealing zero. Zero times. I thought you were talking about him throwing out. No. Well, I can give you that. He has thrown out 27 base runners. There you go. Which you consider how many pitchers on the Phillies are slow to the plate. Mm -hmm. This is not a pitching staff that helps you cut down on stolen bases. Yeah, he he gets rid of the ball so quickly. There there are occasions where among those twenty seven, the throw isn't perfect, but he gets it there so quickly that you can still get the runner. Hasn't the hasn't had a pass ball in ninety games. There you go. Um, I saw this. I wish I. I'm sorry. I I will. I can't credit who. Who looked it up? And I apologize. I think I saw it on the uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia website. And uh, it, he is one of two catchers in his 30s in the history of baseball with a season of 15 stolen bases and 15 home runs. Wow. The other being Carlton Fisk. Not bad company to be in. Not bad company to be in. He is having a great year. I heard him talking yesterday on on uh, during the broadcast 
that Rob Thompson said, well, he's our MVP, and he should be in consideration for MVP. And that's not going to happen. There are no. certain guys who are having no. pretty pa- damn amazing years. Paul Goldschmidt from the Cardinals. Yeah, Goldschmidt from it. the Cardinals, and um, uh, what's the name from Atlanta? The, the third baseman is having a great year. Um, so it's not going to happen, but around here we should recognize it. And by the way, the Phillies, again, did what they needed to do yesterday, which is they beat the Nationals. The Phillies are 11-2 and two against the Nationals. Yeah. At this point, you beat the Nationals, you meet the Marlins, you get in the playoffs. Yeah. It, you're 100% Austin right. Riley. Austin Riley. Austin Riley is name. having an incredible year. Yeah, by the way, the Braves are in first place. I know. They passed the Mets. That's incredible. Who would have thought? Yeah, the Braves are, listen, they won it. They could win it again. You know, it, it, not not – I have a lot of affection for uh, New York sports media in particular because I worked up there for Mm -hmm. three years. Um, But there is a bit of schadenfreude here for people of Philadelphia to see the Mets having fallen behind the Braves and the Yankees sinking like a stone. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. You know, I mean, they are only three and a half games up on the Tampa Bay Rays, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, Rays beat them yesterday, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the season is not finished yet, Glenn. I mean, we we got a ways to go and – the Phillies are right in the thick of it. They're, yeah. what, two and a half games up on the Brewers, I yep. think? Yeah. So uh, uh, it should be a fun September. All right. Let me, I'm going to get Tom in Downingtown here because he wants to bring up something that I definitely want to discuss. Hey, Tom, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? All right. Great, Tom. So Mike, they, what? Yeah, let me just set it up. The, okay. They yesterday passed some rule changes for baseball next season. I'll let you kind of talk about it, how you feel about it, and then I'll give detail. Go ahead, well, I was just very, very, very happy to see uh, Major League made the long overdue decision to kill the uh, infield shift. I'm with you. Um, and I, I'm actually surprised they did it, um, but um, I was very happy to see that. Are you surprised they did it because it makes sense? <laughs> I'm sure they did it because it'll increase uh, offense. Uh, I'm, I, I'm no fool here. They didn't do it for altruistic reasons, but um, but uh, yes, I am. I, I was very surprised that they did it. So let me uh, let me talk about the three rule changes that occur yesterday. One is they eliminate the shift. Uh, hold on, I had the detail. Okay, it's going to require four players, not counting the pitcher and the catcher, to be in front of the outfield grass mm-hmm. when a pitch is thrown. And two have to be on each side of second base. Yeah, and to have both feet on the on the infield dirt. On the dirt, or yes. or you can move in to the grass, but you can't be further than there. I am so in favor of this. I think the shift just is so uh, hurtful to baseball. And I I know people say I heard Howard this morning. Well, guys should learn to hit the other way, and so on. You can't they, retrain guys to hit how yes. they hit at the major league level. Right. You can't do it. Right. You know, there are only so many Tony Gwynns out there who can pick a spot on the field and hit the ball there. Yep. And this takes care of a problem in baseball quickly. I, I heard think. Freddie Freeman, who's one of the best hitters in baseball, mm-hmm. and a guy who isn't just a strict pole hitter, right. say almost exactly what you said, which is, it sounds really good in theory, but your whole life you've been doing this, you're driving the ball, and now you're told to do something else. So, Tom, we all agree that's a good change, correct? Absolutely. All right. Change number two. They put in a pitch clock. Yep. Um, the pitch clock is going to be 15 fifth, seconds with the bases empty. Yep. 20 seconds with runners on base. I'm in. Yeah. I'm I, entirely in. Yeah, I am too. I mean, that that's, that's the lull in baseball now is the time between pitches. And not only the time between pitches, but the 
uh, lack of productivity once the ball is thrown. It's a foul ball. It's it's batters taking more pitches and fouling off more pitches and just the slog to yep. eventually a strikeout or and a guy fly ball. stepping out of the batter's yeah. box and adjusting the glove. Yeah. So Tom, we're we like that one too, right? Well, well, let me just say, Glenn, I remember going to games pitched by Cliff Lee that were under two and a half hours. Oh, love Cliff Lee for that. Get the ball, throw and, the ball. And the last couple of games I've gone to have been pushing four hours. They, they, and and they, yep. it's okay. ridiculous. So number so, yeah, three. I, number three is an interesting one. They are increasing the size of bases to 18 square inches. Well, 18 inches across from 15 inches across. They say there's two things. One is it's going to. Uh, promote safety, first basemen aren't going to get stepped on as much. Okay, I'm sure that's true. But more importantly, to the pace or to the product of the game, it's going to boost stolen bases. It's going to boost offense because they'll be just a little closer together. And I miss the stolen base. Um, one of the things that analytics has done is discourage the running game. Tom, I like the running game. I like it, too. I like it, too. I think these are all great rule changes. I, I think – and I, I wrote this last year, um, or excuse me, I, sh- I guess I should say 2020, um, when baseball was going through its collective bargaining issues and there was talk of a lockout and, and you know, the, the game was shortening. They were shortening the season to 60 games to try to get it in during the pandemic. Baseball and analytics have taken away so much of the risk associated mm-hmm. with the sport that was just kind of inherent and made the sport fun, and it took away – Diversity of styles of play. Teams used to have identities based on how they played. Now, part of that was the nature of the ballparks mm-hmm. they were in. Right. The re- part of the reason the Cardinals always had stolen bases, stole bases, and were fast was because of the fast turf at yep. Bush Stadium. Yeah. Whitey um, Herzog figured out this is how I win here with Willie McGee and Vince Coleman exactly. and Terry Pendleton and all those guys. But anything that God, gets the ball in play more often with with positive results on a ground ball or a line drive or encourages doubles and triples is a good thing for baseball. Uh, We agree. Tom, it's all good. Awesome. Hey, Glenn, I just wanted to say um, I was uh, in Westchester this past Wednesday. It was great to see uh, you and Ray. Yeah. And uh, I'm the guy that suggested that you bring back the stupid football bet. Tom, thank you. You know what? You suggesting it, and as, as everybody there, Ray said, yeah, you should do it. Thus it began, and eventually Mike will owe me dinner. So this all worked out great. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? (laughs) For those who missed it, we brought back the stupid football bet. I got to find the terms here. Yeah, uh, hold on, I'll dig it up. Right, here we go. Right, so. But yeah, it, I mean, it's it, ba- it's based a, on the return game this year. Yeah, it's it's thinking, stupid and pedantic at the same time. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fits every fills every box. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it it's based on the return game, and you, uh, it's so here it's, it is. It's the legacy of Jalen Rager is what it, it is. It is. We should call it the the Jalen Rager Memorial More. Stupid Football Bet. Yeah. Um. So I am ca- going to be counting the number of fumbled and muffed punt returns, yep. the number of times an Eagles player returns a punt and loses yardage, and any kickoff returns that don't cross the 20-yard line. Yeah. so uh, Those bas- are the ones I hate the most. Yeah, me too. Pick up the ball at, at the one and, and dance around and get to the 14. God, yeah. I hate those. So anytime the Eagles basically do something poorly in the return game, either yeah. on kickoffs or punts, it helps me in the bet. Yeah. And Glenn is going to be counting the number of punt returns that go for more than 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And any time a kickoff return gets past the 40-yard line. 
So anything good that the Eagles do in the return game and kick is off, good for Glenn. And kick off from the other team that go out of bounds. Right. So that's yeah. the that's the stupid, really detailed football bet for the year. Yeah, I'll make you about a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this. As yeah, I, as I think I, so, as too. I'm looking at it, it's like, ooh, I should have got something else in there. Yeah, well, All right. such is life, man. Uh, that's okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, let us talk to Robert in Glen Olden. How are you, Robert? Hey, how are you guys doing? All doing right. great. Listen, um... Glenn and Mike, Mike, I'll touch on the field real quick at the end of this time. You, you, you reminded me of something, and it ties into my answer of, you know, the question these guys have. When you were bringing up the story with your dad when you were in the press box, right? Mm-hmm. I lost my dad. I still, it's, it's five years ago. I still get emotional talking about it. Five years ago on Father's Day, this September, you know, the, the, before that season started. So my dad was 87, going to be 88, never saw a Super Bowl, saw the 1960 championship. So, obviously, losing them on Father's Day was extremely tough. But, in the, you know, that year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, I, I had to do it. The guy at the cemetery probably thought I was crazy. I go to my dad, you know, to the cemetery, and I sit there at the headstone, and I'm telling my dad about the game. And mm. then, all of a sudden, at the end, there's, like, a worker there. And all of a sudden, I bust into the E-A-G-I-G-M-E Eagles chant the end. And the, the guy's looking at me like, you know, is there something wrong with me? Am I drunk? Am I, am I on drugs or something? But it was just so important, you know what I mean, whether my dad was there physically or not, just to to go there out of respect for my dad and to, you know, do that Eagle chant and to mm-hmm. Ro- rep is. Robert, Robert, you have nothing to apologize for. I totally, totally get it. Totally get it. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, number of people who went to cemeteries uh, and and laid you know a, an eagle's banner or something out there, or I mean, I, I I covered the parade and there was a guy who spread ashes at the yeah. parade. I mean, it it was an emotional thing for generations and for those you know those people who remembered the person who introduced them to football who's not here anymore. Yeah, my father got me in the love of sports. He was a coach. He's in like the Delaware County and Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame for coaching. So he for basketball, but I mean, he got me into, you know, the love of sports and, uh, you know, to lose him on Father's Day and then that year they win the Super Bowl. It was five years ago, but it still feels like yesterday. But, um, yeah, so when you shared that story, Mike, that, that made me reminisce about that time. So, um, well, well thanks for sharing your story. Ryan. Very nice. What are you, what are you thinking about the Phils? Real quick on the Phils, yeah, you know what? It's, it's nice to have some meaningful baseball, not to just say, well, football's here. Okay, baseball got me to this point. Now, at least, you know, I have something to watch, too, besides football. I got the Phillies, and who knows what's going to happen if, you know, if they do get in. But, hey, you know, I'll take any postseason baseball I can get because it's been over a decade now, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I got to be honest. I was, like, about a week ago when they took that road trip. And, and yeah, yeah. Losing in every game, and San Francisco was a disaster, and the bullpen can't do anything. I was thinking, oh, we're going to have this again. We're going to mm-hmm. have this collapse again. Uh, but listen, I, they're beating bad teams. I'm not going to make it out to be more than it is, but it's going to be enough to get them in the playoffs. And you know who knows? If, and you, and you know if Wheeler's healthy, if Nola doesn't realize it's late in the season, maybe something can happen. And you know what? If you go back and isolate the Marlins, just probably the last two years, just the Marlins, nobody else, just isolate our games against the Marlins. That probably cost us the playoffs. So I'm glad I know. Yeah. No, please. Going. All right, real quick. Do you have something you love about football before you go? <laughs> It's what I shared with my dad at the end. It's okay. memories. Got it. Good. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah, yep. that's terrific. That is. And and the, the cool part about and look, I'm 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 very public about the fact that uh baseball doesn't 
um, draw me in in the way it once did. Um, Is that right? What your level of interest in in the four sports? I would say um, I would say the NFL mm-hmm. and the NBA and the I would say the NFL first, and then the NBA and the NHL are even. Okay, um, roughly speaking. And then baseball is well below that. Really? Yeah. So for me, it's NFL, uh, and you know, by by a decent margin. Uh, baseball is second for me. Hmm. I mean, it used to be hockey. Used to, yeah. The Flyers are so irrelevant these days that it's really hard to get interested. I in. st- I still love the sport. The yeah, sport is so great. I know, but the league is ninety percent of the, the league game. is not. No, the league is not. But the sport itself is right. Great. The league is not, and the Flyers are a disaster. Do you see the coach said he's going to wait on hiring a captain because he yeah. he does, he's not sure he, he doesn't has like the one. room. He doesn't like the room. That what I that he said that publicly, I really respect and admire. Uh, it's not positive news to hear, right? I mean, it, he's saying basically we have a disaster in our house, but I love that he kind of came it, forward it, with it. Let me let me tell you something, Glenn. It jibes completely with what a, a handful of his predecessors have said over the last several years. I'll just leave it at that. Um, that is not that is not something that I have, but not publicly. Yeah. That's not something I've not heard from other Flyers coaches. Publicly? Not publicly. No. Right. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, he's putting it out there. Yeah, he is. And, and he has the credibility to do it. Exactly. You know, and, and the new guy coming in, mm-hmm. you know, with a broom. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I think there's a lot of ways that this can go for the Flyers with John Tortorella as their head coach. I wonder how long he's going to be here just because of the nature of him as a coach and the nature of the team as it is right now. I would be surprised if – if and when the Flyers get good again, I would be surprised if John Tortorella is still their head coach. Yeah, and that's for that's not necessarily a reflection on Tortorella. No, no, it's in the NFL and NFL and the NHL. The turnover is so yeah, fast. But the the potential for good of this is that he will act like a um, like a scythe through wheat. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. And yeah, I think um, he's got mostly chaff. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. He, right. he, I think he does. Coming up. Oh, it's back. It's back. The <laughs> folded piece of paper will tell you the exact score of tomorrow's Eagles games. And we'll work in a couple more calls. 215-592-9494. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. And it's time for me to tell you that fall is upon us. It's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafting windows and doors. Because you know what? Doesn't feel like it now, but another cold winter season, it's going to be rolling in. Now, when I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the experts, the great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now and receive 20% off all windows and doors. Plus, Guided will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So, you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level of your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings and having the luxury of paying off your project with 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you got to act now. Offers are limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guided today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now. Mike is headed for Detroit to watch the Eagles play the Lions. Um, actually, I'm headed for a planning meeting for the event Wednesday, which is going to be the release party for Maryland Mike Philly Special IPA by Conchak and Brewing Company. 
I just love that we're doing a beer with Merrill and Mike. It's for charity, the um, Greater Tea, the excuse me, First Tea of Greater Philadelphia, uh, which is a charity that introduces golf to kids, disadvantaged kids, kids who may not have the opportunity to play. And so proceeds from the beer go to that. Their release party is Wednesday. You and I have a fun item we're auctioning off together. We do. We are auctioning off dinner with the two of us at Rouse. Italian Oldest restaurant. Italian restaurant in America? In South Philadelphia. Love that place. Oh, so good. Yeah, and I'm going to be also auctioning off uh, a night of beers at uh, any of the Conchie Brewing places with Jody McDonald and me. Uh, as we said, Merrill and Mike Quick, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick will be there, and Bernie Perron and Fran Dunphy, and they all have items they're auctioning off. But you know what? You don't have to, if, if that's out of your budget, just come, enjoy, get the beer, bring it home, uh, enjoy the buffet. Give a couple bucks to the charity, and we'd be delighted to have you. It is going to be at our place, um, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, 3 DeKalb Street in Bridgeport, which is right over the bridge from Norristown, uh, 6 to 8.30 on Wednesday. And you're also coming. You and Zach Berman are going to be yes, signing your books. we are. I'm going to be signing copies of The Rise, my book about Kobe Bryant. Zach's going to be signing copies of Underdogs, his book about the 2017-18 Super Bowl champion Eagles. It'll be a great time. Uh, if you've ever had any of Contract and Brewing Company's product, you know how good their beer is I and how good this that. one will be. So it's going to be beer and books and Bernie and Merrill and Mike. And It'll be a fun night. It's, it's going to be, be a good night. Uh, entry is free. We want you to get the buffet and spend a couple of bucks, but I'm not going to force you to do that. Anyway, I hold in my hand a folded piece of paper. Hey, we go for the high-tech stuff. We do, yes. And on this piece of paper, Mike Sielski, is the exact final score of tomorrow's season opener, Eagles versus the Lions in Detroit. I would like you to give your prediction of the game and then unfold this to find out what really will happen. Okay, so my prediction is that the Lions, I think we kind of take for granted, don't scare anybody yet. So um, my feeling is this should be a, a pretty easy victory for the Eagles. Uh, they're the better team, despite what any conclusions people may have drawn from Hard Knocks and Dan Campbell and his hoorah, go get him sort of rhetoric. Uh, my final score, the one that I'm predicting, is Eagles 27, Lions 10. 27 to 10? Yes. Ooh, and what did I say? Let me open the envelope. Glenn's final score is Eagles 27, Lions 17. Yeah, we're not really that far no, apart. I give him that late junk touchdown okay. at the end. And, you know, uh, I think they're going to pick off Jared Goff twice. I think the story coming out of this game is going to be the defense and turnovers mm -hmm. and sacks. I, well, I guess I haven't given up seven more points than you, so I guess if they get 10, you kind of feel the same. Yeah, look, the, the Lions, their offensive line is in flux, to put it kindly. Um, they weren't that good last year. Uh, they just, they're not as good as the Eagles are. And that should lead to, you know, a pretty easy victory for the Eagles. Of course, now that I say this and, and say it out loud, I'm sure the, the Lions will win 35 nothing. No, no, hey, we do this every week, and sometimes we're right and sometimes yeah. we're wrong, and whatever. We make predictions. That's the yeah. way it works. So, But, yeah, 27-10 for me, 27-17 for Glenn. All right, let me real quick get in. Sorry, I got the, the reflection of the window on me. Mike. Hey, Mike, what's going on? You with us, Mike? No, Mike is not with us. All right. All right. That means it is time for a couple of things. First of all, 
We have to give away the prize, the Scheib Vintage Sports $25 gift card. And the uh, subject today was, what is it that you love most about football? I actually think ours were the best, but whatever it is. Dan Wilson, who gave us the best one? Yeah, so we got a few good answers. Sunday morning prep, the goal line stand. But our winner today is going to be Jerry in Hatboro. He said football weather, which I personally love. I love when it turns to fall. You've had a little brisk in the air this morning. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's my favorite thing, too. I do. It's, yeah, it's football. It's, it's football. The hoodie weather. It's crisp out there. It's yeah, crisp. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. good. Jerry, you win the $25 gift card. We'll get that out to you. All right, Dan Wilson, what did we forget to talk about today? Yeah, so a few things. Number one is looking forward to that event on Wednesday. I will also be there. I'm sure that will you know, bring nice. the whole crowd out. There you know? we, we did forget Dan to Wilson. mention yeah. that Dan meet, will be Meet there. Dan Wilson. Yeah, exactly right. So a uh, few things on this Eagles-Lions game. Uh, two stats. Number one, the Eagles have played the Lions 35 times in their history. You would think for a, an organization as bad as the Lions, they'd have a better record against them. 17-16-2 and two, yeah, all time. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's because they've been playing the Lions since the 19... 19- 30s. Right. No, I know. The li- the Lions have been bad mostly f- for the last, whatever, 25, 30 years. But if you go back to, like, the 50s, well. F- the Lions were better. Right, the Lions, yeah. Lions were And they better. actually ended a Lions winning streak last year by winning because there were a few bad losses in there to the Lions in, recent, in like, the mm-hmm. last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of course, they had that snow game win. They had the bad loss in Thanksgiving. So a lot my, of memorable my games. My two favorite Lions games were the Snowball, the mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy game. And the time that the Eagles played them here and the Eagles wore those ridiculous canary-colored oh, uniforms. Oh, God, the yes. Kevin Curtis game. The Kevin, that's it. Yeah. The Kevin Curtis went off for like 200 receiving yards. Yes. You so, know what, I'll tell you one thing about that ahead. game. So at the time, Ray was still working for NFL Films, mm-hmm. and he had to put together the Eagles season highlights, and he's going like, Damn, it's like nobody's going to understand with the different uniform what it was. They, like, hated that part of it. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, right. a stat that we discovered last year with Ray Dinger, which I think is interesting, kind of just polar opposites of the Eagles and Lions, is that in the last 12 Eagles head coaches, dating back to 1972, every single man who has coached a game for the Philadelphia Eagles has been re- rehired and coached a game in the NFL elsewhere. Doug Peterson kept that streak alive. Wow. Since 1964, the Detroit Lions, polar opposite, 20 different guys have coached the game for the Detroit Lions, and not a single one of them has ever coached anywhere else. Wow. It's like they can't get the stink of the Lions off them. Poor green fonts. It's where careers go to die. Yeah, really. And you mentioned Doug. Tomorrow, Doug Peterson against Carson How about it? At at FedEx Field. Marcus Hayes is going to be us. Our, our, my colleague oh, at the Inquirer and at WIP yeah. is going to be there to write a column. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Doug against Carson. How about it? You know what? I don't know what Doug's got down in Jacksonville. I mean, it's a bad franchise he inherited. He inherited a pretty darn good young quarterback, though, who needs to just get straightened out after his rookie year. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the line is on that. I think Doug Doug may have Carson figured out. I may, I may, I'm not betting. I don't, that, I don't bet these days, but I, I may go. You know, Doug if the Eagles weren't playing at one o'clock at the same time, and and I weren't covering that game, yeah, it'd that be would, fun to watch. That would be fun to watch. That yeah. game. Commanders right. are favored by three at home. Yeah, I'm going with the Jags. I'll take the Jags. Jags plus two. three. Yeah. yeah, I like that bet. All right, what else you got? Oh, that's what I had. Oh, I had the Eagles <laughs> Lions history. <laughs> But those are the two longest streaks in their existence, I believe. The Eagles' 12 straight head coaches hired, and the Lions, dating back to 1964, 20 straight head coaches not hired. That's and these two teams face off tomorrow in Detroit. And you even included uh, Shermer, who coached one game. Pat here. Shermer coached one game yeah, and got hired by the Giants. Yeah, he did. That's amazing. That? Gosh. Well, that, to me, the, the two games of the Lions-Eagles rivalry, quote-unquote, that stand out, one is that playoff game in the mid-'90s 
where the Eagles oh, just gosh, yes. the Lomas Brown game. The Lomas Brown guarantees the loss. Yeah. Or and, guarantees the Eagles are going to lose. And Rodney right. Pete never played better for the Eagles Oh, my God. That was great. Freddie Solomon catches the Hail Mary <laughs> at the end of the Rob first Carpenter. half. Rob Carpenter. Rob Carpenter. Excuse me, not Freddie Solomon. And, uh, and then the other one was uh, the last time I covered a game in Detroit was 2016, the first loss of Doug Peterson's career, where the Eagles were 3-0. and They went in against the Lions. And Ryan Matthews ended up fumbling oh, late in that gosh, game. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh. And lost the Eagles the game. Oh, that was so painful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel good about tomorrow. You feel good about tomorrow. It's going to be a really fun season. Dan Wilson, nice job by you. Uh, again, I'll be back tomorrow, by the way, for the pregame, 10 o'clock with Ross Tucker, Joe Giglio, Merrill Reese, uh, Elliot Shore Parks, a gang of thousands. <laughs> so you want to listen to that. Uh, Dave Spadaro. And we hope that uh, we see you on Wednesday. Again, it's a free party. It's the release of the Maryland Mike Beer, Conchhock and Brewing Company, all for charity uh, to benefit the uh, first tee of Greater Philadelphia. Hope we see you at our place, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, DeKalb Street in Bridgeport. Have an easy flight, my friend. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing you. And I have a read that I don't have. So hold on. Let me see if I have it. I do. There you go. Hey, it's back to school time, and that means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere, to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to help make sure your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.